Cinemodities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities, except in this case, where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences, but not in this time. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the rubble of obscurity, except for Avengers Infinity War. Join us as we delve into the cult classic Swamp, but the pool is closed today. I'm Zach. And I'm Rob. And this month on Cinemodities, we are in our Avengers Endgame Experiment series. Last week, we took, uh, we gave you all a history lesson, I should say. We talked about the movies Zach and I have seen together and how that kind of shaped Cinemodities. And I think at the very end, when we had to talk about Captain America, uh, we got some uh, a toe dipped into the water of the MCU. So now we are going to dive into that pool fully, not the swamp, the pool. And we are going to discuss, I would say, all things Marvel and, of course, Infinity War. How can we prepare for Avengers Endgame without uh, talking or discussing about what occurred in Avengers Infinity War Part 1? Does that sound good, Zach? Yes, I think it does. Are you excited this week? No, I am not. (laughs) Good. Neither am I. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think we should should point out for our audience, if you're clicking on this expecting us to be uh, gushing over how, yo, Thanos in the house! Can't wait to see what color Black Widow's hair is in this! You are not going to get this. We are going to give a very sober, cynical look or perspective on these films. If you're expecting hyperbole about how uh, um, Captain Feminism is the second coming of the cinematic gods... You are not going to get that here. Uh, just fair warning. This is going to be more of a, you know, the idol, uh, the title of this episode is Avengers Infinity War. This is going to be much more of a breakdown of our, our thoughts on the MCU over the last 11 years and just kind of like the, the kind of the taste it leaves in our mouths. Sometimes good, most of the time kind of bland and sometimes outright sour. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you're expecting basically us to kind of go down breaking this film like into like pieces being like, oh, remember that part where Thor says something funny? And then <laughs> remember that other part where another character says a funny quip that doesn't fit the scene at all? Remember where everyone dies? <laughs> <laughs> remember that part where I clapped? That oh, was yeah. the entire film. So it's gonna be two hours and forty minutes of us just clapping. And and there's a new rule. Anytime we say Captain America, we have oh, to God. clap. We okay, have to you clap. Might, you might have we to have remind clap. me of that one. <laughs> we have to clap every single time we say that character's name. So, uh, yeah, have to clap every time. We, okay, remember, folks, at home, if you're listening to us, we know because Rob has bugged all your homes. <laughs> if we say Captain America, I want you to all pretend this is a communist meeting. The first person to stop clapping gets executed. So <laughs> just let me know. Those are the rules. It's what happened to me during my Infinity War showing. I'm not making these rules up. I'm just enforcing them. <laughs> Good. Well said. Well said, Zach. <laughs> I clapped, Rob. I clapped when I heard a character's name. Okay, okay. We yes, we will have to get into that. I know we have some we have some very heated, passionate thoughts and experiences about these films. So I figured it, it wouldn't be bad uh, since we're, we are coming at this slightly differently. Um, a little history on us with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We already talked about last week that we saw one of the films together. Um, but I've actually seen a lot of the original. What, like, what is it called? Phase one or whatever the numbers are. Yeah. I, saw, I saw a lot of the of phase one in theaters. And that was really because of my father. You know, my father, big comic book guy. Um, 
or at least maybe if not reading comic books, he was into, you know, just kind of that, that, uh, the stories and the mythology and that universe. And of course, as playing Yu-Gi-Oh! when I was younger, um, that kind of put us around those people at comic book shops locally, uh, every week. And so we kind of, you know, were excited for when Iron Man came out. Like we saw that. And, and I actually really liked the first Iron Man movie, um, specifically because of the ending when, you know, Robert Downey Jr. says, I am Iron Man. I was like, whoa, didn't expect that. And then, you know, we just kind of kept seeing them and eventually it came a tradition. Uh, eventually it became a chore. And then eventually <laughs> I just stopped watching them all together. Um, but it, it doesn't really have to do so much with the quality of the movie. Uh, I, I actually think, you know, the movies are, are certainly, you know, you know, big spectacles. And, and I, I, I'm not saying, you know, they're garbage movies or anything like bad storylines. I think, you know, weak characters would be my biggest uh, problem with them in that respect. But I, I think I've said it on Cinemodities before, I've begun to get a sense of distaste for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it is the the uh, the minimization of the cinematic experience. It is, it is you know, turning things into bite-sized little chunks that we don't care what's in it, we just got to consume it. And so that's what people do, you know? They just, they see these movies, they know there's going to be another one, they need to see this to make sure they're up in the loop, and that that's all they do, it is. It's just consuming things and then, like I think Zach always says, crapping them out. In one ear, out the other. When's the next one coming out? When can I spend my money again? That type of thing. That's how I see it. I think we've discussed that that's not how, of course, all the people I usually talk to or come into contact with see it. And I know I'm usually the odd man out. But that's my history. I went from, you know, enjoying it to some, you know, childhood nature. And then just eventually, oh, oh, I can't stand. They're getting longer they're getting more, you know, episodic. It's just, it's just give me a complete project, please. <laughs> so that's my history with the MCU. I have a different path I took on this one. I, I wanted to see the first Iron Man when it came out in 2008. I never got a chance to see it in theaters. I saw it on DVD, did not like it. I still think that Iron Man movie is so generic. To think that kind of kickstarted the entire thing that we're in right now, mm-hmm. 11 years later, I find it so hard to believe that that film was the catalyst. Mm-hmm. It, 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 again, I, I think I talked about it in the uh, Watchmen episode. That like, oh, like we were kind of in this weird period in 2008 with, with comic book movies. It was the beginning of a new era. And yet, it's like, this is the film that kicked this all off. It's the most <laughs> generic superhero origin film. Like, it really, there, there's, like, you look back at that movie, and it's just, again, the template for what they were good, what they're going to do for the next 11 years was there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything compelling about that movie. I know Robert okay. Downey Jr. is the, the, the savior of, of comic book movies, or he's at least touted that way. But I watched that movie. That is such a bland movie to me. I, I don't get why people like that, because it's just, it's, it's so cookie cutter. Okay, fair. I, I mean, I, if I watched it again, I probably would agree with you at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I remember watching that. I got it on DVD when, as soon as it came out in like the fall of two thousand eight. I'm like, meh. Uh, didn't pay much thought to it. And then it wasn't until I'd say like the end of two thousand nine. We talked about it last week where I saw that first trailer for Iron Man two and War Machine was there. And I'm like, oh man, that's neat. It's like they're bringing in side characters that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like general public doesn't know because I remember War Machine from the uh, Spider-Man '90s cartoon. That's kind of oh, like sure. That I never. This for the record, I've never read a comic book in my. Well, I have three collections of comic books. I have the first like two series of Guardians of the Galaxy from 2008. Then I have like the Thanos Imperative, which mm-hmm. uh, spoiler alert, folks. That's what they're going with this after they kill him. <laughs> and and so I enjoyed those, but that's that's neither here nor there. But 
I remember seeing War Machine. I'm like, this is neat. I'm like, I can't wait. And then when the movie came out, I loved how much it just like it set it was setting everything up. I know a lot of people attack the second Iron Man for being Avengers 0. 0.5. Mm-hmm. But I really thought I saw that movie three times in theaters. I love I absolutely love that film. And to this day, I still think that's the best of the three Iron Man films. Mm, okay. And then um I remember in high school, because this was this was our senior year of high school, 2010. That's funny. Last week, that's one movie Robin I didn't see. We didn't see Iron Man together at all. Yeah. And I remember even in high school, like, tell, like reading about stuff on the internet. And this is, this is before, like, the hype machine for Marvel was even a thing. So you really had to be – I remember, like, telling people during the same time scene, being like, oh, Spider-Man 4 was canceled and Thor's taking its release date. People were like, what the hell is Thor? <laughs> and, and it's hard to believe nowadays people would even say that. Like, who, oh, Thor? Yeah. Who's Thor? And I remember telling kids, some kids like, oh, my God, I love Thor. He's my favorite comic book character. That's so neat. They're making a movie about him. And then, like, obviously, you have all the post-credits stingers. So I think Iron Man 2 is a fine Thor's hammer. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah. And then when I was in college, I had, col- I had a college professor who was a huge comic book person. Like, he, like, had an encyclopedic knowledge of this stuff. And he was like, it's all going to be crap. Thor looks like crap. Captain America looks like <laughs> crap. He's like, he's like, Captain America is my favorite superhero. If they screw this up, I'm going to burn the city to the ground. Um, like, I mean, like, sh- like he is the definition of like, when you thought of a comic book nerd 10 years ago, what you would imagine. Okay. okay. And Thor came out in the theaters and there was, I don't know if we were still in classes by then, but I think I saw him later that fall and he was shocked at how good Thor was blown mm. away by hood, by how good Captain America, the first Avenger was. And I really like Captain America was one of those movies that I really drank. I don't think Rob was privy to this, but I drank the Kool-Aid hard on that movie. Oh, okay. And I was so excited for that. Again, saw that my first Marvel film ever at midnight. <laughs> it was that and, tool song in the uh, in the promo <laughs> that really got you going. <laughs> it, it did. No, those trailers were cool, man. Like that's those Captain America back when they still cared about trying to rope an audience in, they those trailers were cool. But I remember Captain America, I was blown away by that film. And even in preparation for this, I rewatched the first Avenger a couple days ago. I just wanted to see how it held up in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved it now. I love it now just as much as I did then. Like I genuinely okay. think that is and I think a lot of that okay, we'll get into the overall thoughts. But um yeah, and so the story goes on and on. I saw the Avengers midnight May. I still have a I still have the opening night IMAX poster I got from twelve oh one May fourth. Cool. And uh no, like I really like I like I have some problems with the Avengers, but that that too I rewatched in preparation for this episode. And the best parts of that film is when all the characters just bicker. I want more of that. Give me more arguing. Sure. And and then as because I remember at the time like the action sequence at the end during the Battle of New York, I'm like, oh, this is one of the great like a great like movie climaxes. It, it was neat at the time, but as I was rewatching it last night, I'm like, oh, like during some of the action sequences, I started like my eyes started to glaze over. Yeah, it's like okay, it's like again, I'm watching a cartoon. Like there, there's no substance to this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, the problems were starting to uh, they're starting to set in, not set in, but they're starting to appear now. Because in Captain America: The First Avenger, they don't do anything like that. There's no just overblown. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of quick cutting, punching people in the face. But it's just not that just let's just throw computer imagery at the screen and hope it sticks. Exactly. And I guess I thought the Avengers was cool. Again, seeing that opening night with a bunch of people was neat. Um, that was back when they released the films internationally a week before. So I found it online a full week before anybody else in the country had seen it. Nice. So it was so it was fun going to see a movie opening night when nobody else had seen it before. And um, but no, like then like the, the rest of the phase two came out with Iron Man three. I tried to get a bunch of people to go see that at midnight. Nobody wanted to go. 
Um, Iron Man 3, I was disappointed by. I thought that movie's bland. I know a lot of people think that's, that Mandarin twist is great. And the only reason why they didn't do it, because uh, they're afraid of disenfranchising people. If they mm-hmm. make uh, an Asian stereotype uh, Mandarin, that's get, get, there goes the Chinese box office, so we can't do that. Again, yeah. we're, le- we're letting cultural sensitivity direct the narrative, but whatever. Um, I don't know why you can't, can't make a badass Asian character, but whatever. Uh, Thor The Dark World, oddly enough, is a better Thor movie than the last one everybody raves about. You know, it's not it's not a very good movie, but it's a very good Thor story. I still have never seen that one. That's that's fine. Um, <laughs> Captain good. America, We're in agreement. <laughs> that's fine. Um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I was really excited for that. Saw that opening night in IMAX. I enjoyed it. It's really the again when the characters are intermingling, they're cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last like thirty minutes of that movie is just giant hell. Uh, I've got aircraft carrier planes shooting at each other. I'm like, this is this is boring. It's so boring. Um, yeah, I Gar- like uh, I liked our little text message message exchange about uh, the Winter Soldier after I watched it because I was like, I watched the Winter Soldier and it was terrible. And you were like, oh, I li- I kind of like the message of that movie. And I said, I texted Zach back and I was like, what message to buy the next ticket? <laughs> and you were like, that's the message of all the movies. <laughs> that is the message of all the movies. Like, like Robert yeah. says, there should be a little kiosk outside each theater where you deposit money. Yep. Yep. Where's it? Where's our uh, credit card info to help the Avengers beat Thanos? Did we get that yet? <laughs> Uh, again, if, you ever, if anybody ever wanted to make a scam, and that would be 100% legal, just put a little kiosk outside the theater that says, help the Avengers beat Thanos, swipe here. <laughs> yeah. Throw money in here. Oh, um, uh, but no, so like, I, I remember enjoying Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, I drank the Kool-Aid hard on. I remember when they first announced that. I, I'm so excited for that. That was pre- pre-Star Wars. I guess yeah, Zach, lot- I, I remember you telling me about Guardians of the Galaxy like years before it was even announced or something like that and i was just like every time i see you you would tell me about this and you'd be like this is gonna be crazy and i was like i and i was like when is this coming out and you're like we have no idea <laughs> well <laughs> that's like, what it was I'm like keep me posted <laughs> well that's that was the thing about guardians was that this was it was announced again i don't want to get too far into the backstory of how i understand because i follow all, like much like how i do with the star wars podcast I followed all the rumors for this. Like I had my ear to the ground. I knew mm-hmm. everything that was happening, and and they're much more tight. They're much more secretive now than they ever were because so many people are now in on it. And there's and, and this is also creating movie rumor scoop is an industry now. People are making yeah. money off knowing secrets of this stuff by creating websites and clickbait and all that. So um, it's, it's it's a different world than when it was. Seven years ago, oh my god! Yep. <laughs> and but no, like Rob said, I was—I remember when they first announced it in the summer of 2012. They had this really cool piece of concept art. It looks nothing like the final product we got. Nobody in the image looks even remotely similar. Okay. And it was just—it was mind blowing. It was like, oh my god, Marvel's like doing their, and they touted it as their own version of Star Wars. And this is all—and keep in mind, this is all before the, the Disney sale with, with Star Wars. Okay. So Marvel was kind of my at this point. I kind of given up on Star Wars. I watched the Clone Wars when it was on, but I really—I gave up on buying action figures. I really. I, I gave up on buying like the box sets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, for all intents and purposes, not that it was over, but just like, you know what? It's 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 over. Lucas isn't doing anything really new. He's releasing a video game here and there, and so Marvel was the new thing. And I can still remember I was in my uh, apartment junior year of college, and when I, I remember going logging onto my computer and seeing like Star Wars is like the top like six trending things on Twitter. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? And it says like Disney or Lucas sells to Disney episode mm. seven coming. And I remember looking around my room going, 
ew, there's too much Marvel stuff on the walls. <laughs> and that and that's what it was. It was like it was it was essentially a placeholder okay. for Star Wars. That that's what and I kind that's kind of my thing. Was like okay, I don't care. Not that I don't care because I I was on board with it, but it was just like oh okay. Eh, it's like okay, Star Wars is now the priority for the foreseeable future. And again, like a Guardians, I was severely disappointed by that. Not Avatar levels of disappointment, but like, oh, it's gonna be this great space opera with Marvel characters that one day will tie into the Avengers. And mm-hmm. then it's just again, NBC sitcom. Oh look, a talking raccoon! Isn't this crazy? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's again, it's the Thor thing. Let's run Thor over with a car because it's funny. Um, it's like it's like kind of like what was it? It reminds me of the Simpsons where uh, they have the um, oh god, uh, Jay from the Critic, and they have the film festival, and it's like uh, Homer's favorite film is uh, uh, football and groin. <laughs> <laughs> that that's essentially why I feel Marvel MCU humor is. It's just oh, yeah. it, it's it's football and groin. It's just yes. lowest common denominator. Any it, again, it's it's the people who watch The Office. It's people who thought Parks and Rec were funny. In 30 Rock, it's meant to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Sorry if you like any of those shows, but I think you're stupid if you do. Uh, you're be- <laughs> I, I bet, not to say you're not a nice person, you're probably a very lovely person. We get along great. Just realize that you have a horrible taste in television shows. Uh, <laughs> now I'm not taking that back. I'm sorry if I burn any subscribers in the process. No, that's fine. You don't, you won't lose me, Zach. I think I liked 30 Rock. <laughs> it's all the same show, but with different names on it. But anyway, that, that I have to agree with. But continue. <laughs> so, Guardians comes out. I was super beyond pumped for Age of Ultron. I'm like, this is gonna be great. I'm like, Avengers sequel. Like, I remember, James like, Spader. I, well, that's cool. I can I, again, James Spader voicing Ultron was like super cool. I'm like, why? Oh, would, yeah. like, that's great. That's great in concept. Yeah, I like James Spader. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's great. Like that's what I mean. I was like, I was like so exciting. I'm like, oh cool. And Ultron's like a really like cool villain from the comics. I remember being like so excited for that film. I remember like I was about to like fly home from Florida during that like spring, and I found like the Avengers like junior novelization. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna read this and read it on the. I bought it. and I'm gonna read it on the plane, and I saw the movie. And it was like, meh. Yeah, like it's like there's nothing to it. It's just again, it's spectacle. The movie there's there's practically there's only really one scene I really love in that movie. And it's like the, almost at the very end where they start to all fight. And it's like, oh, there's a really fun kind of like back and forth between the characters. And then it's like, okay, you watch that movie. And it's like, okay, next. And then Ant-Man comes out. And it's like, and then this is what Rob was getting into. It's like, I guess I have to see this. Mm-hmm. It's the next chapter. It's like, I ha- again, if I want to be clued in on this world, I got to see what happens during this. Plus, I, I remember they were talking, God, the Edgar Wright Ant-Man saga has been going on for years. I remember back like in 2013, some kid like, like came to me. He's like, hey, do you have like, I was kind of like what I imagine Rob does with drugs. It's like some kid <laughs> came. He's like, he's like, hey, I heard you have the Ant-Man footage. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, can I watch it? And I'm like, I guess. Give me a second to get my computer out. That's that's actually a real thing that happened to me. Somebody actually came to me and said, "Do you have the Ant Man footage?" Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like a drug dealer when it came to like smuggled MCU footage that no one was allowed to see. Um, <laughs> we're all we're all addicted to and peddling something, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like saw Ant Man. It was a thing. Like I, I really like Paul Rudd as that character. I think Paul Rudd's one of the best. Ca- like, he actually tries. It's not just mm-hmm. sleepwalking. Um, it's sad that that he has nothing else good. Like Michael Douglas doesn't want to be there. Hope from no um Kate from Lost doesn't want to be there. The director doesn't want to be there. Um like it's a shame. Like it really is, but like he's great. That's why I love the fact that like he's like the only character that's getting brought over from the from that series of movies into uh Endgame. Yeah. 
And uh, what's next? What came after that? Um, Civil War came out. I remember, like, I remember when they announced all these movies. God, they now I remember it was like it was like October 2014. They announced like all their slate for Phase Three, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, like everyone was like more excited for Civil War than they were for Age of Ultron. It's like who cares about Ultron? Let's see Civil War because that's like like the best part of that first Avengers film is them fighting each other. Yeah, and I I remember uh, at the comic book shops when the Civil War storyline was actually going on in the Marvel you know, comic book universe, and that was a big deal. Everybody was talking about it, even you know when somebody people would explain it to me. I was like, oh, like that's actually an interesting concept, you know, government involvement into superheroes. And I was like, okay, you know, that that's enticing. That's like better than, you know, just saving somebody from a burning building or beating, you know, this villain with powers who's going to take over the world or the city or whatever. Exactly. It's, it's a clever idea. So like I was excited for Civil War, saw that again, opening night, first showing. And it's like, I'm watching it and it's fine. Like, like again, it's spectacle. Like, because like, there's some really clever parts to those to that movie. And I guess I should say, out of all the movies, the ones that I like the most are the Captain America ones. That character's yeah. all like that character's always re- or the Chris Evans incarnation of that character has really resonated with me mm-hmm. for more reasons than one. But uh, no, like some of the, the best parts of that movie are Iron Man in 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 Captain America. <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> and they're sitting like in a boardroom or like a conference room and they're arguing over the particulars of the paperwork they're signing and like i'm like that's great i'm like let them argue over their ideologies that's mm-hmm. so much more interesting than watching them punch someone in the face for the a millionth time yeah exactly and then and, then the, and like the whole movie's like about like oh captain america is well, we'll cut it out for at least a couple more times, but <laughs> it's like he's sitting there, like arguing with the fact that, like, after the previous film, Winter Soldier, he sees what happens when the government gets involved with this stuff. Okay, and it's like you want, and the whole like thesis of that film is like, be your own boss. Don't like just because it's easier. Don't let somebody else control you and direct what you do in life. Mm-hmm. And Iron Man's whole thing is like, oh, I have guilt, and my guilt is compelling me that allowing myself to be regulated. And that entire plot gets thrown out the window. It never gets resolved until, oh, Bucky Barnes killed Tony Stark's parents. Now they got to punch each other for the next half an hour. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, at that point, you've completely thrown out why you're arguing over the film. And it's like what they should have done. Because at one point in the movie, they're arguing over, um, oh, God, Scarlet Witch. Because Tony Stark says something like, uh, or I forget whoever it is, Aaron Rodgers says, oh, what's going to happen to Wanda? And he's like, oh, she'll be fine at the Avengers campus. And like Aaron Rodgers, like, what does that mean? Well, she'll be held there indefinitely. And he's like, God damn it, Tony. And I'm like, wouldn't that be instead of having them punch each other in the face over Tony Stark's dead parents, which is they've already established. Bucky Barnes was out of his mind during this. He did not do it maliciously. He, he wasn't there. They've established that. And instead of making it about that, that really it's like Iron Man's wrong. He's, he has he has a blood a blood vengeance that's what he wants he's mm. clear you've taken this morally gray dilemma and you've made okay one is clearly right and one's clearly wrong yes and it's like why not make it that like oh something's gonna ha- like the government wants to execute wanda or do something as a show of just oh our commitment to keeping these people regulated and they have to it's it's her, it's somebody's life an innocent's life in the matter matter i'm sorry in the balance of all this mm-hmm. make it about that so the fight has stakes yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you have a better motivation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but instead of making it about Bucky Barnes, who's been an assassin for the last fifty years, where it's like he's not particularly likable, 
And like, don't me wrong. Like, out of all these movies, Civil War, like when you strip out all the uh, the the, the the CGI fluff. I think it has one of the better stories, especially you have, I think we talked about it. It was like, well, Baron Zemo mm. and the whole thing with black Panther. Like, yeah, that's clever. Like you have a, you have a villain whose goal isn't to kill the entire world or wipe out the population because they're not the right skin color. You yeah. have a guy who goes, you know what? These guys destroyed my family and now, and now I'm going to destroy, destroy theirs. And I'm not going to do it by punching somebody in the face. I'm going to do it by turning them against each other from internally. Yep. Yeah, and that like, is intriguing. Yeah. That is intriguing, especially coming from a villain that's known for wearing a sock and a crown over their head. <laughs> yeah. Good old and, Baron Zemo. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, by the end of that film, Black Panther is the one with the blood vengeance and realizes this is not going to, me killing this guy, like, because at the very end, Baron Zemo is going to kill him. He's going to, he literally puts the gun up to his chin, much like how I did last week. And he's going to kill himself. And Black Panther deliberately does it and, be, and is like, oh, God, he has a really cool line where he's like, the, the, the living aren't through with you yet. Yeah. And it's like, that's great. The character has learned to forgive his enemy, the one that's responsible for his father's death, and actually deliberately prevents his own death or, the, or prevents the villain's death so he can stand trial and justice. And it's like, that's perfect. And then you cut to Captain America and Iron Man just punching each other in the face again. <laughs> it's like, like, did anybody look at this and not realize what they're, again, I, I get it. The spectacle sells. Like, nobody's mm -hmm. going through, I think it was, God, this was years ago now. I think it was Steven Soderbergh, the director, had a quote saying, like, he was in an airport once. And he was watching some guy, like, on his iPad. And the guy was watching a movie. He was deliberately fast-forwarding through all the talking scenes and stopping oh, at the action set pieces and watching those. And then, and then fast-forwarding to the next action set piece. Jeez. And that's what they're, and and that's I, that's how I think they make these movies now. The The talking is just there to connect the spectacle. Mm -hmm. Because after that, like, okay, you have Doctor Strange, which is fine. Um, it's bland. It's a, it's another Marvel film where you can't have a a, a, a typical origin story. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's fine. Umberto Cabbage Patch is fine. I, I think <laughs> um, when they, I remember they originally won Joaquin Phoenix for that role, which I thought would have been great. Like Ooh. Joaquin Phoenix as as Doctor Strange would be great, but he back. I think they backed out. He backed out like at the last minute. It was never official. It was just kind of like getting rumored to the uh, ear to the mm -hmm. ground sort of rumors. I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I really liked that movie. I considering that the first movie is all about um, just look how crazy these creatures are. Mm -hmm. and, and the second one definitely has its fair share of that. But I definitely think, and I know Rob doesn't like some of the music in that, but I still love yep. the, I, lo I love the come a little bit closer to me with all, like, like as the arrows like murdering all these things that you have yeah. rocket raccoon, the little tree guy. Like, that's cool. Like, it's, again, that sort of song. Um, no, I really like that movie. Um, what came in Spider-Man homecoming's just, um, Spider-Man meets the Avengers. Okay. Yeah. I still well, haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I know Michael yeah. Keaton's in it. I like Michael. Oh, Keaton, he's good. But... Actually, he's really, okay. I'll take that back. He's the only genuinely realistic villain. Cause he, he just, he's, he's, cause the very beginning of that film is it takes place in like, I think he's, I think he's in grand central station and he's like cleaning up after the first Avengers attack. Okay. And he's like, he gets kicked out by the fed, the federal government. And he's like, I like, he's like, I mortgaged my entire business to buy equipment for these jobs. What am I supposed to do? Like, I'm good. There's going to be like, like a hundred guys. They're going to be out of work now because of all this, because of what you're doing. And, and they're like, whatever, get the F out jerk. And the whole plot is like, Oh, so he starts stealing alien technology to keep his like business afloat. 
Oh. And I'm like, oh, that, that's a relatable villain. Like, he's not yeah. because he wants to kill half the world. Again, the go- Again, there's a weird theme in all these movies, in a couple of these movies. Overregulation by the government isn't a good thing. Isn't a good mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, oh, that's clever. And obviously, like, like he's going to, like, I don't know, he's going to sell the technology to bad people. So I get, like, why Spider-Man has to stop him. That's cool. And Tom Holland, if you're going to do a high school Spider-Man, he's fine. Okay. It's not bad. He does a decent job. That's the thing I should we should I should point out. Um, none of these movies are bad. They're just painfully vanilla sometimes. Yes, yes. It, it's and I, I think we've said it before on here. It's like there's nothing worse than a movie that's not memorable. Mm-hmm. Like we did last week. We talked about like Rob. We saw Get Him to the Greek. Oh yeah. Oh, it's God. like oh like that's a movie. Like it, <laughs> we don't have any memory. Think about it. we sat there for two hours and watched that. And we have no memory of it at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's what it's like. I bet if you stop someone right now and say like, "Tell me about Spider-Man Homecoming." Oh yeah, they'd be they'd be like, able to give you a plot a plot point breakdown. <laughs> exactly, they'd be like, uh, "Uh, he's in high school, and Iron Man's there." Uh, uh, well, well, who's the villain? Uh, uh, and why is the villain doing anything? Uh, uh, and that's what it is. It, it's not. It's yeah. it's the, it's it's a quarter pounder. It's a quarter pounder with cheese. Mm-hmm. And not to say that's not good, but you eat it and you forget about it. Yep. No, no harm, no foul. And then you have Thor Ragnarok, which is, it takes the Thor humor thing and dials it up to 11. Thor, Thor Ragnarok's cute. Has, has some fun moments in it. Okay. Uh, the entire ending of Asgard being obliterated is, is undercut by a quip. It, it completely removes all tension. Like, it's shocking. Nobody said, maybe we shouldn't have a... Like, that was one thing, too. As I was watching Winter Soldier and Avengers today, I was, like, watching it, like, with editing in mind and had the fact that every single serious scene is undercut by an immediate quip or oh, joke. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, and cut. And then here comes the quip. It's mm-hmm. like, you could fix a lot of these movies by just take the last three to four seconds of every scene... And just end there. Get rid of the quips. You don't need, not every single scene needs to end with a quip. Exactly. And again, lowest common denominator. But again, Thor Ragnarok's fine. Nothing to get upset about. Um, I, I find, what's her name? Oh my lord. Okay, who's the actress that plays Hela in that? Oh, oh. Uh, she was like, what, Ivana Spankoff in Indiana Jones 4? Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't place her name. Yeah, I, I we'll figure it out. I found her unbelievably attractive in that. Like, I don't know whether it was the eyeshadow or just like the, <laughs> like the matted hair, but I thought, I'm like, like, I am into this for more reasons than one. But yeah, Thor Ragnarok's a movie that people sat in the theater and watched. Black Panther. That's uh, a movie I, that a lot of people sat in the theater and watched. <laughs> I still can't believe that, that made more money domestically than uh, uh, Infinity War. I, I cannot wrap my head around that. Like, that's just. Again, I don't want to delve because because that this is where also where I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed with Marvel is that now every single movie is a um, social social issue movie. Yes, yes. So what what they're doing is that before Marvel got in trouble that critics were afraid to uh, um, because Disney has a history of this. Like if you write anything negative about Disney, Disney cuts you out of press stuff. Okay. So if you I think they did that to the L.A. Times like a year ago. Where it was like, oh, like the LA Times ran like like a scathing thing about like Disneyland in Anaheim, California, and like and, and then Disney told the LA Times, well, you wrote this story, so there goes all your your press credentials with us. And it wasn't until there was a huge like backlash that they finally reinstated the LA Times, and that's what they do. Like if you don't write glowing reviews for this stuff, you get out of all the freebies. Mm-hmm. And it's not just simply seeing the stuff that's the freebies. It'll be like they like if they're filming a movie. 
in in oh dear lord, uh, like somewhere I don't know Fiji. They'll fly the press out there and pay for all their accommodations and, and room and board. Sure. And, and you're out there for a week. You get a free weeks long vacation. Okay. And all you gotta do is basically be a shill. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, who wouldn't be a show for a free weeks-long vacation in Fiji? <laughs> so it's like, and considering it now, the media has no integrity whatsoever. They, they didn't have much to begin with, and now that's completely gone out the window. It's, it's like, okay. And so, again, with Black Panther and, again, and Captain Feminism, mm-hmm. it's like, if the movie, like, most, like, in Black Panther, there's a solid movie. There's nothing to complain about Black Panther. It's well-made. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's well-rounded. There's nothing bad there. But by making that movie, you can't you you can't say one negative thing about that movie without getting dogpiled on. Yeah, because of the social issue around it. Yep, yep, exactly. And it's like okay, and that takes the like half the fun of movies is arguing and debating movies, the merits of movies. Mm-hmm. And when you pull that in, pull that card, it's like okay, there goes the fun. Exactly. Like, the yeah. And it's, it's just you know like you're you know you're watching um. I don't know. It's like like a TED talk or something, you know, a TED talk that you can't debate. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's and that's what it is, though, where it's like, OK, because as soon as you say something like negative about it. So unless you're dealing with a rational human being, which is about maybe three of left on the entire planet, <laughs> you're going to call the races. Like you say, oh, I love Black Panther, though. But the suit, the, 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 the Black Panther versus Eric Killmonger fight at the end looks a little cartoony at times. And, all, and there's going to be somebody out there that's going to call you a racist for that. Because mm-hmm. that's just, I swear to God, people don't know what that term means. I'm pretty sure every time that, that term is used, someone should be pull a dictionary out and, and hand it to you. But it's just the, again, that's what people do. Because you're not allowed to criticize anything. You're not allowed yeah. to criticize. Yep. And then you go to that to uh, end, uh to infinity war and it's yeah. like uh, yeah we'll get to my we'll, we'll, we'll circle around back to that okay. and after that you have ant-man the wasp which might be the most boring movie ever made yeah i did see that i don't know why i watched that but man it was not good it's <laughs> uh, well, not good it's just it's bland it's, i guess it's like, well, that's, for it's me that cracker that is that is my not good for marvel you know even like you say not good or whatever you know but i think uh, just like I said at the at the start, you know, it's 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 bland. It's it has no nutrition. You know, you eat it and you forget about it. Like it's we've been bread. Saying. It's the bread. Yeah. yeah, it's the bread. Yeah, oh, Ant Man and the Wasp is absolutely the bread. <laughs> and, and the sad thing is that Paul Rudd is trying in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like like he is not phoning it in at all. Yeah, again, Michael Douglas, Kate from Lost. Who else is in that movie? Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Everybody else is just phoning it in, and it's like I, I mean, there's a scene in that movie. I've only seen that movie once. And there's a scene in it where, like, isn't isn't Paul Rudd supposed to be playing? No, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is like, oh god, possessing Paul Rudd's character. Oh, oh yeah. And like, that's like again, Paul Rudd is trying. Like, that's a sad thing. It's like, there, like there's a fun performance in other. It's like eating a Big Mac, and the pickle <laughs> is really good. <laughs> like the yep. bun is stale. The burger is like, oh god, undercooked. The lettuce is wilting. The cheese is like crunchy and it's like, but there's a pickle that tastes really good inside. And that's kind of shame that the one good thing gets lost in the rest of the mess. Mm-hmm. And again, and when I say mess, I, just to keep clarifying, it's not bad. It's just mediocre. Yes. And then you have, what was next? You have Captain Feminism, which is another movie where you watch it. It's fine. It's the same thing around the goddamn Tesseract from Captain America, the first Avenger. That's the yep. plot. That's the MacGuffin of that film. It's the Tesseract. It's like, are we, re- again, 
the first Captain America, or even technically the first Thor movie. The first Thor movie, one of the post credit scenes was Samuel L. Jackson showing what's his name, uh, 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 one of the guys with the weird Swedish last names. Oh he, yeah, yeah. He's showing him the Tesseract, and I'm like, this was introduced eight years ago. <laughs> Why is this still a plot point? Exactly. We know yeah, I was, what I happens was really to surprised it. to hear that. I mean, I knew Captain Marvel was you know taking place in the '90s or earlier or whatever, but I was really surprised to see like that such, you know, like you said, it's like recycled. It, it's crazy. It's ridiculous how much this. And like and I, as I was rewatching again the Captain America films and the Avengers, there is an insane amount of retconning in Captain Marvel that's not there in the earlier films because they make a very big point in Captain Marvel saying. That like oh like the name for the Avengers comes from Captain Marvel because like at the very end of the film, Samuel L. Jackson has like Captain Fe- uh, Captain Feminism in her like playing cockpit and it says Carol Avenger Danvers and he crosses like he crosses off on his pad of paper oh god he call I forget what he calls it like not Defenders because Defenders is the New York people um it's like the um whatever he's like the retribution initiative and he mm-hmm. crosses that out and writes avengers initiative <laughs> and i'm like that's such freaking easy retconning it's like yeah. come on why not give her something else like something like be more creative exactly like, this feels like what lucas did where he he, he photoshopped hayden christensen in at the end of return of the jedi <laughs> you're just doing it to appease idiots and then, like, even in Captain Marvel 2, how, how Nick Fury loses his eye, it's because the cat scratches it. Oh, okay. And you watch the first, um, the, I think it's in, it's in, um, oh god, I think it's in the, I think it's in Winter Soldier. It might, it might be. Oh, when, when Nick Fury says, uh, don't, I, I, you don't trust a friend or something like that. He's, yeah, he says something like that. And he's like, I lost my eye because I didn't trust a friend. Yeah, or, or, or I put too much trust in a friend. Something I'm like, like that. Yeah, and now he loses his eye in Captain Marvel. He dangles the cat in front of him. He's like, "Get you, get you, get cat!" The cat swipes his eye. It's like, I guess you could read that as he trusts the cat as his friend. <laughs> I, I guess you could, but like, you take this badass character because even at the end of Winter Soldier, when he's confronting Robert Redford, he pulls the eye patch down. He's like, "You should know something about me, Robert Redford." Because I've learned to keep both eyes open. And it's a cool, badass moment. And you go back and you rewatch it. You're like, oh, he played with a cat too much and it scratched his eye. You are <laughs> undercut. You're retroactively undermining it. Uh, t- uh, oh, my Lord. Um, dramatic stakes. Definitely. It's like, what, why are you doing this for a joke? And for a movie that's already overstuffed with jokes, you have to get one more gag out of there. Yeah, that's so strange. It's so, but again, it's to, I guess it's the, it's the George Lucas thing. We have to retcon things. It's like adding a uh, Naboo in Jar Jar at the end of Return of the Jedi. We so free! <laughs> again, the continuity comes before everything. Not making a good movie that stands on its own, but the continuity. Yep, yep, yep. And it's like, oh my God. It's like, God movies. It's like, ugh. And that's really where, like, like and for the record, after Endgame, like I'm done with the Marvel movies. Like it's like don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm not gonna, like when Spider Man 16 comes out this month, 
Oh, I'm sorry, the end, later in the summer. Like, I'll watch that probably when it comes out on DVD. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. watch it. But, like, it's just going to be like Endgame is going to be that just, it's it's the final nail in the coffin. It's like, I, I you know what? I've been with these characters now. Like, I do. I still, I really, even though I don't like what they've done with Captain America lately, I, I think he's the most boring character on the face of the earth in Infinity War. Okay. But after this, like, you know what? I'm done with these movies. Like, it's like, like and not because it's anything, it's just, you know what? That, it had its run 11 mm-hmm. years. I, I really wasn't on board until 2010, but it's just like I ha- it has run. It's like enough, enough. Yeah, we could only hope. I think we said before, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing when things have an end. But oh, I, it's it's just gonna keep going forever. We're not gonna be able to escape this hell. <laughs> no, and that's and that's like and that's the thing that scares me about Disney. Is that nobody knows how to ruin something quite like Disney. Disney okay. Disney's not going to ruin something like Warner Brothers did with Justice League. They're not going to ruin it like that. They're going to ruin it by just, we're just going to keep milking it, milking it, milking it until the cow's milk turns sour. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna keep doing it. It's just going to be milking it, milking it, milking it. Because that's their entire business model. It's kind. Yep. It's kind. It's kind of like the um. What's it? The 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 story of the scorpion and the frog, where the scorpion. Like, what's it? Um. The frog says, "Like, oh, I'll take you across, but you can't sting me." Mm-hmm. And halfway through, the scorpion stings him, and the, and the frog goes, "Why? We're both going to drown." And the scorpion says, "It's in my nature." Yep. It's in Disney's nature to destroy this stuff. It's their job to milk it dry until people don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yep. that's the that's the sad reality of it. Like, you have again, even like as Rob and I took a break between recording our last two episodes. Um, not as long as a week, but not as much <laughs> as we anticipated. And I was on Twitter, and there's idiots out there just still two weeks after Captain Feminism, still glowing about it. And I'm like, folks, there's nothing special about this movie. It's not the first female superhero. It's not the first uh, uh, blockbuster female superhero-led film. Heck, mm-hmm. Avatar's the, the most. Think about it, it's the highest-grossing film of all time. It's led by uh, what's her name. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't get this narrative that somehow Brie Larson reinvented the or broke the mold. Like, I don't get how any of these movies, they're not doing anything. Any like, like, when that first Avengers came out, I get why that was exciting. I get why that became the third highest grossing film of all times. Mm-hmm. And even looking back at that film without the the current media landscape we have surrounding these films. It's like having all those characters and hearing all about, I remember back in like when Iron Man two came out, they had all the Iron Man two merchandise and in the corner, they had a little emblem that said Avengers assemble. It had a picture of a four Iron Man, Captain America. And it was the Chris Hemsworth Thor. It wasn't like the generic one they use for like comic stuff. Rob knows if you follow this sort of stuff, there are always talks about like, oh, we're gonna have like, Spider Man's gonna be one day brought into like the Hugh Jackman X Men movies. Like there yeah. always was gossip like that. But like when Avengers, like oh my god, it's actually I remember when it was shooting. Like I, I you saw set pictures like from the first day of like of photography. It's like oh my god, this is actually happening. This is exciting. <laughs> We've never seen this happen before. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Avengers uh, Infinity War. It's the most just dry thing ever. It's like we've been here before. Nobody in that film bickers with each other And when they do like in the beginning of that film Doctor Strange and Iron Man argue And all it is it's like it's almost like a Your mama battle but instead of your mama Jokes it's quips Yep yeah it's painful 
it's it, it's just like oh my god it's like he's like uh, at one point tony stark's like doing like like extra like bent like what's he stretching exercises on the um on some some piece of furniture and dr strange's cape like smacks his hand mm-hmm. and dr strange is like are were you just do you just stretching on the cauldron of the mystique and it's like did you just swap my hand away and like, they have they have a little bickering match and i'm like this this doesn't add to the scene. It's just them arguing for no. It doesn't advance the plot. They're just bickering. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even a good setup to to you know make us care that they work together later on. It's like we know that they're going to work together. That's why we're that's why we're seeing the movie. Well, yeah, but like at least in the first Avengers movie, that makes sense because they never these people have never interacted with people like themselves. Yeah, yeah. So you have that weird thing like okay, you're putting two different elements together. Will they will they reconcile or will they be repulsed? Mm-hmm. And then even in the second one, at least, or I guess Age of Ultron, there's a little bit more bickering because like they're arguing about just like oh Tony Stark is like like doing stuff that's uh, he creates Ultron by accident and then yeah. it's creating Vision. Like okay, it's not tied into the old the overall thematic elements of the plot, but it's still it's advancing the plot. It's doing its job. It's efficient. Then you get to this and it's like. Uh, uh, you have. I'm trying. To, it's not that much even die. You know, the weird things that most of the characters barely talk in this. Yeah, and, yeah. And when it does, it's very expository dialogue where they bring Vision to Wakanda, mm-hmm. and it's like, um, Vision, we're going to try to pull the stone out of your head. Oh, kill me! Uh, not, not enough time. And then like Shuri, uh, Doctor Black Panther's uh, sisters, like. Well, Dr. Banner, when you create Vision, why didn't you just do this instead? And they all look at Banner. They all have that mm-hmm look <laughs> on. Like, look how stupid Dr. Banner is. And it's like, he's like, uh-uh, we didn't think of it at the time. And it's like, that that's funny. It's like, well, I bet he was. Again, we're, we're led to believe that Dr. Bruce Banner is one of the smartest minds in this universe. Mm-hmm. In the Avengers, they call him, when he's not an enormous Green Rage monster, he's a Stephen Hawking. So, of yeah. course, he would have thought about it at the time. Never mind, it's been six years and there's been technological advance. Like, I don't, I, again, I don't, outside of, again, it's the NBC sitcom humor of, oh, isn't it funny? The, the, the child is making fun of the older guy about technology. Isn't yep. that crazy? Isn't that the opposite of what you'd expect? <laughs> and I'm like, what? It doesn't advance the plot. You're, you're, you're mocking a kid. Again, it's the equivalent of running Thor over with a car. You're just, you're mocking a character to get a cheap laugh. And I'm not saying you can't mock a character, mock all you want, but make it again. Every, it's like when they, like with musicals, when you're watching a musical and you stop to have a musical number, the musical number should advance the plot. It shouldn't halt the plot. Yes. And that's what these jokes should be. These jokes should advance the plot. Yeah. They shouldn't should, be so basic. Yeah. Like even like in winter soldier, I was watching at one point, uh, uh captain America. Oh Yes. <laughs> he jumps off He says like He says uh, to Anthony Mackie I ne- I'm gonna need a lift And and he jumps off the edge of the, the Floating aircraft carrier And Anthony Mackie goes When do you need me? He goes right now And so he flies down He picks him up And when Obviously because it's Captain America And he's falling He grabs him when he's falling He pulls him He goes Argh! Obviously he's straining Because he's trying to pick He's trying to hold him with his arms And they eventually land On the on one of the other aircraft carriers And Anthony Mackie goes You're a lot heavier than you seem And Captain America, and Captain America <laughs> Says Says I had a I had a big breakfast Oh 
That's terrible. It's like, it's like, yeah, that's a groaner. Like, yep. that's like, why not just cut the scene at Anthony, Anthony Mackie saying, you seem a lot heavier than you seem. Like, that's fu- like, that's funny because obviously he's Captain America. He's, he's dense in muscle. Mm-hmm. But like, I had a big breakfast this morning. Like, ha, 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 ha. Like, <laughs> again, it's meant, it's lowbrow. Yep. And I'm like, yeah. I, but not okay, not lowbrow, but like, basic. it's just I th- I basic. Think it's like surface level almost. Yeah, it's like, what's the point? Like for, like, and you don't need any comedy in that scene. Like, there's no point. You don't need, you don't need a comedic beat there. Yeah, yeah, you're that's just, another good point. You're shoving comedy in there to wake people up from their like mindless gaze at the the stuff that's happening on the screen. It's like the equivalent of getting like like a snooze alarm almost. Yeah, yeah. And that's and again and getting back to Infinity War, which is the catalyst for this entire series and the Avengers Endgame, is that uh, it wouldn't be a correct uh, cinema these discussion unless I talk about my movie theater going experience. Ah, okay. and, and and yes, we're getting into this, which Rob has heard for over a year now, or almost a year now. Is that I I, I when I remember we were recording Cinemodies when uh, Infinity War came out. I remember like whatever I think we were recording like the day before. We have a spreadsheet that probably tells us what we were recording that day. And I remember telling yeah. Rob, I'm like, Rob, I am, and I said this quote, I am jacked to the tits for Infinity War. And yeah. he's like, laughed, and he's like, good for you. And, <laughs> and I, I was, like, I went to go see a movie, and even like whatever movie I saw beforehand, they had like a preview for it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited for tonight. I did my shtick, and we'll get into that. When I, I sat there, okay. So I get to that part about me like waiting. Okay, well, I'll do the abri- abridged version. Yeah, the, the, the tradition behind it. Yeah, the tradition. I, I guess anytime I see, anytime I see a movie like at seven p.m. opening night, I always see a movie beforehand, so I can always make sure that I'm in the theater complex and I can see like when I can be the first person online because it's a compulsion. I have to be the first person online, or else I I, I have to have my seat in the theater, or else I break out into hives. <laughs> and that's not a joke. And. I did that. I was the first person online for Infinity War. The guy next to me was wearing an Iron Spider t-shirt. and um, Oh, God. He looked like a nerd if I ever saw one. I got there, got my seat, and the theater was filled with uh, mouth breathers. Like, the filthiest of the filthy casuals. Mm -hmm. And the average age of the theater was about 16, 17. Okay. And the people... I I, I mean, like, like, I was 25 when that movie came out. I felt like an old man. I've never felt like such a dirty, dirty old man in my life. Never. Dirty old man's not the right phrase. I felt like an old fart. Like I did. Sure. I, fe- I felt like it's like oh my, like their youth was killing me. <laughs> and the people just like again, God, like I it felt like being at like a concert more than it did a movie theater. Okay. Because like it was just people screaming over each other to hear each other talk. Yeah, and then the couple next to me—I don't know if they were boyfriend or girlfriend, or uh, again, female and uh, best guy friend or whatever—and they were kind of the the oh god the the microcosm of the entire thing. Where and I'll never forget this to the day I die. They were just like again the definition of a mouth breather. Just like like uh, it felt like less more less of a we're going to see an exciting movie we've been waiting for, and more of we're waiting online to order a Big Mac, which would tie into what they did. Yeah. At one point in the conversation, I it feels like a non sequitur, but it probably made sense at the time. The girl turned around to the guy and said. I can't wait to order some fucking chicken McNuggets. <laughs> I, I, I have to agree. Ever since you told me that, I, I love that phrase forever as well. <laughs> it's it's just like, I remember sitting there going like, 
I'm like, what the hell am I he- like? What the hell am I he- doing here? Like, where's the eject scene? Like, I kind of feel like I'm like, okay, where do I pull the lever to eject? Yeah, how do I and, stop the ride? <laughs> yeah, I want to get off. And I was just like, oh my god! And that was just like, and they, and so, um, the the again, the previews begin, and I, I don't remember the previews being that bad. Again, I, I blocked, I folks, I blocked a lot of this out. Like, I really have. Like, my brain went into overdrive trying to uh, repress all this. <laughs> And, uh, and for the record, none of this is hyperbole. I, I know we joke about, like, oh, there's 45 Marvel movies. We've been recording for seven hours now. When Rob and I first knew each other, we first met in Desert Storm together. Yeah. Um, like, I know I, have a, I do a lot of hyperbolic rhetoric. Everything I'm about to tell you about this is real. This is not exaggerated. This is 110% what happened. I'm not, you know what? I'm sorry. 100% real. So the movie begins. Packed theater, packed. You do, I mean, like literally. I, again, I know there's no such thing as standing room only, but that's essentially what it was. Mm-hmm. And the movie begins. We have the the Marvel Studios logo. Oh yes! Woo! Yeah! Woo! And we go on for like you get you get like you see all the characters for like yes. you know two two minutes while it spells out the word Marvel that has yep. six letters. Yep. <laughs> And now it's even, I'm not sure if Rob knows, but in the, in the more recent movies, they've actually done it now, so it ref, it's no longer the comics, it's the movie characters. So they oh, slowed it down, so you see all the movies, you see Doctor Strange, Star-Lord, Captain America, Black Widow, Iron Man, Vision, Wanda, oh, you see all that. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I saw they've that drawn before, it out. Ant-Man and the Wasp, okay, yeah, that's yeah, right. They, they, they've drawn it out, it's no longer just a <laughs> of the comic book pages, Marvel Studios Q movie. So we went, woo! And we, and if you, and I imagine anybody who's listening, this has probably seen Infinity War at this point. We did that all the way through to the very beginning when we first see Thor and he's trapped on the ship from the end of Thor Ragnarok. We did that. And then it was, as soon as we see Thor, like we see all the bodies, we see all this. Um, and the first time we see Thor, I forget, I don't know if Thor's laying down or he's trapped, I forget. And we get, uh, uh, I, I can't remember if they clapped or they started gasping when Thor was in trouble. But they, they pretty much clapped from that moment, from the Marvel thing, until when we first saw Thor. They just, it was just, it was, they were reacting to a point mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, again, it felt like the communist meeting again. Whoever first clapped got shot. Or I'm sorry, whoever yeah. stopped clapping first got shot. Sure. Um, and so that happens. And without breaking down every single scene, but like every single thing they did, like um, Loki, Loki gets his neck broken. <gasps> They, they, like, I mean, like, folks, the, like, if you're here opening night, you know what the marketing is. They were selling this movie. Is everybody going to die? Mm-hmm. That was the, the cornerstone of the marketing. So they all flip out about Loki dying. Okay. And um, I, I think at the end of that sequence, um, uh, Idris Elba teleports uh, the Hulk. Yeah. Well, when the when the Hulk loses the Thanos, they went, oh! And there was a, bu- <laughs> there was a bunch of, again, overreacting to that. And um, he teleports them, and, and the Hulk. Fl- and obviously, there's a couple of jokes about the fact that Doctor Strange is like going to the deli to buy uh, Benedict Wong a sandwich, and he's like, "What do you want? Like a nice tuna on melt would be nice." Ah! I'm like, "What? That's that? I'm like, what is going on?" And plus, you could, at this certain points, you could not hear the dialogue. Like you, like they would, they, they would just be so guffawing. They would not, like you couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. You, like, I mean, it was like being in a concert. You, like, like, like the infamous thing with the Beatles. They had to stop touring because they couldn't play the music loud enough over the crowds. Yep. And this is in a quiet theater. This isn't like we were all huddled around a thirteen-inch flat-screen TV with no sound bar. This was like you're in a legit seven-point-one surround sound Dolby theater. 
And so uh, uh, Hulk is there. He's like, he's coming. He's coming. They're like, who? And it cuts to dun, 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 Avengers. And we've only been watching a movie for 10 minutes. So, but apparently we all forgot what movie we were in. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, okay. Then I think the very next thing that happens is I think it's uh, Tony Stark and Gwyneth Paltrow and they're bickering. He's telling her about how he had a dream about how she was pregnant. And at the moment, I forgot about this when I first told this story. But at the moment where he says, you were pregnant, people in the audience get, I genuinely, much like last week, we talked about the woman who gasped when the cat or the dog almost died and kitty, yep. kitty galore. It was that exact same response. And except, it be, except for it being the one crazy cat lady in the audience, it was about probably five or six people, which is five or six too many. Yes. They actually went, <gasps> when, when he said pregnant. And I'm like, and she goes, no. And, and obviously everyone starts laughing. Ah, 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 she said no. Ha, ha. <laughs> I'm like, um, and see, my folks, we are like 12 minutes into the movie, and this movie is two and a half hours long. Yep. And so, again, without getting into all this, though, again, we get the moment. Spider, like, at the one point, never mind, we see it's all set up on the, the school bus, and Peter, Peter Parker sees the giant, like, circle in the sky. And like we, we know he's there. We see him putting on the Spider-Man mask. Because at one point, Iron Man is fighting one of the goons. And like I said, there's a bunch of stuff I'm, I'm skipping over. Like they all laugh at part. At one point, Tony Stark says, Go home, Squidward. And we all went, Ah! I know Squidward. I watched SpongeBob. Yeah. Like everyone, we had that. Um, we, you have all those moments. You have the mm-hmm. moment where, where Bruce Banner tries to turn into the Hulk. And ah! He can't do it. The Hulk won't come out. It's like, Okay, like uh, whatever. I don't know why that's funny. Then, like when again Peter Parker shows up and we clap. <laughs> so, so that entire part where uh, Peter Parker says, "Hey, Mister Stark, what's up? What's up with this guy?" Can't hear a word. Cannot hear a word of what's going on at yeah, all. Because yeah. we're applauding for a character we know is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and again, for long story short, on this literally every single character in the movie we clap for. We, I, yeah. I, I think, I think the only time they didn't clap for a character was um, Wanda and Vision. They didn't clap for them. I, I can't think who else they didn't clap for. I'm trying to think. Um, I think they clap for everybody else because everybody, okay. everybody's introduced in groups. And then even um, uh, so, uh, Peter Parker tries to save Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange gets caught up in the thing, and Peter Parker floats away with him. Uh, and Peter Parker is like holding on. The air gets thin, so he lets go. Tony Stark does something. It launches the uh, the Iron Spider outfit, and and Peter Parker catches onto it, and it does the Iron Man thing where it goes click 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 all over his body, and he stands up. And another, Woo! oh my god! <laughs> it's like why are we? He changed his clothes. Why is this applause worthy? Yeah. Why? I, and I'm like, oh my. And my folks, I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying this is one guy, but. I mean, it was the entire audience. Do you know the Do you know the capacity of this theater? By 300, 350. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to put it in perspective. You know, it's like people have to realize like how how many people three hundred fifty is. That's a lot of people in one room. Yes, yes, yeah. And like I said, that's what they that's what they did. I'm like, oh my freaking god! And so the and so I, I forget. I think the the, the Thor. And um, the Thor and Guard again, again, again. We cut to the end of that sequence, 
and we go to I think it's I, I could be wrong the Thor um, Guardian stuff and, and it begins with like uncharted space and we hear again the guard we hear 70s era pop music mm-hmm. and we cut to all the guardians Woo! <laughs> it's like oh my god at this point it's starting to seem like oh my god they're really gonna do this for every single character in the movie yeah, guess, because like, oh, the, the truth became it, known to you it really <laughs> it, 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 and again it went on it goes on for like you can't hear any dialogue you can't hear anything it goes on for like 30 seconds it wasn't just like a woo wasn't that it was this is like like i'm like rob's been the concert it's like when the main act comes out oh yeah that, that's oh, what it wow. was like every single character was the main act of a concert and so it's like okay <laughs> and we applaud. Uh, Thor hits the windscreen, and we all went. Oh! Again, you have you have the entire audience gasp gasp at different times. Oh, oh, oh. I'm like, what do you think happened? This you saw the ship blow up. Yeah. What do you think happened to him? It's like okay, we do that. And then we had the whole scene with the Guardians, and and, and Star Lord is mocking him, like he, or, or imitating his voice, whatever. Thor's doing this horse shtick. He's calling the rock. He's calling Rocket Raccoon Rabbit. Um, that's funny. Ha 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 ha! He's calling a raccoon a rabbit. Ha ha ha! What? That's apparently hysterical. Like, that, like that's chuckle worthy, oh, but it's not hysterical. Okay, you have all again. That whole scene plays out, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I, th- I think then we go back to uh, Vision. And in Wanda, and this and this was the most egregious one. This is this is where I knew, you know what? I wish my snack for this was a cyanide capsule. <laughs> and, and, you, uh, th- and you'd have Adrian Veidt screaming at you, bite down, bite yes. down. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody had to tell me to bite down. I wanted to bite down. <laughs> I was I was actually biting my molars off, hoping maybe there was one hidden under there. Maybe somebody had put one of those in just in case for an emergency like this. Um <laughs> And so, okay, the whole thing happens. Wanda and Vision are fighting off the two generic lackeys of Thanos, and um, and then like like they're about to lose. They're overpowered by the two lackeys. Uh, one of the Thanos lackeys throws the spear, and it gets caught by somebody on the other side of the tracks. A train comes by, and uh, and it starts playing the Captain America theme from I don't even remember what film. No, it's the Avengers theme. Okay. Done, done. And I mean, folks, this is again not an exaggeration. I have never in my, I, I have seen, I've seen Bill Clinton in, pre, in, in person. I've seen Donald Trump in person. I have never heard a crowd of people react positively this way ever in my life to when this audience saw Captain America appear out of the shadows. When. He did in this film and I'm not even joking to you and we're, I, I don't know if we'll be able to do it in time for this though, but I want to get an audience laugh track or, or applause track and play it over this. Like this entire sequence has practically no dialogue, but mm-hmm. for, for dramatic emphasis where we might have to insert here, that entire clip from when it begins and when the, the audience applause ends just to show you how bad it was. But I have never in my life heard a crowd react this way. Never, never, ever, ever.
We don't want to kill you, but we will. You'll never get the chance again. Can you stand? Stay close, check in. Don't take any chances. I'm sorry. We just wanted time. Where to, Cal? I gave up on the movie. I realized yeah. I'm not going to be able to hear a thing that happens in this movie. Yeah. Basically, it's going to basically become a silent film with a res audience response track to it. And this is why I picked up on this. Certain portions of the theater were trying to outdo other portions of the theater when it came to an applause. So you'd have, like, especially when it comes to teenagers, teenagers can't do anything by themselves. They all have to be in groups of at least 15 or 20. And what was happening was, Certain groups of the theater were like So like after the first 30 seconds of Captain America It would start to die down And another portion would start clapping So you hear okay. Pick up again And then it would that one portion would start to die down And another one would <laughs> And I mean they were starting to actually It was like almost like Oh god like from Deliverance you had dueling banjos This you had dueling audience reactions 
Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, oh my god. And keep in mind, this is like 50 minutes into the movie. There's still like an hour and a half plus to go. Mm-hmm. And again, I and at that point onward, because at this point it gets it gets redundant. You know, anybody who's seen the movie can pretty much, from what I've laid out, can tell you what responses you'll get from certain scenes. But like, I'm not joking, folks. Thank God, Captain America is barely in that film compared to what he could be. They literally applauded every, like the way I already said it'll go on for 30 seconds to a minute every single time he showed up on screen. Man, when he walks in, like when you see uh, uh, Don Cheadle talking to um, whoever his name is, the mustache man from from Incredible Hulk. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever the actor's name, I forget. Yeah, I know, I know, when, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, when he shows up in that scene, they applaud it again. It's not an applause scene, but we did it. We applauded because we recognize <laughs> Captain America. And then again, we see him on the 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 helicopter plane thing, and he's telling Anthony Mackie, like, here are the coordinates. Oh God. Oh my God. We see him then once they get there, he gets off. Gets off the plane. We did it again. Then we're we're we see him on the battle uh, the when they're all um uh, taking the I don't know shuttles to the front line of Wakanda. You have you have most of them. You have what uh, Bruce Banner's in the Hulkbuster, Black Widow, mm. all of the Black Panther Wakanda people are there. Bucky's there. Oh, they cheer when, when oh yeah, because that was part of the thing with Captain America when Bucky and Captain America reunited, they clapped. Of course. Um, I think that made it more intense because as soon as Captain America gets off the show, they start clapping. And then when Bucky shows up about a minute later, they start doing it again. So that caused it to, and every single time that would happen, the audience would start trying to outdo each other, D- yeah. different portions. And so you had this weird phenomenon. Again, folks, again, I don't mean to reiterate, but like, I'm not joking. This isn't hyperbole. That's why we're doing this. The whole point <laughs> of this to see if this will happen again. We have to see, I'm not just losing my goddamn mind. Yes. And so you have that. And even when all, again, like I said, when all the shuttles are going to the front line, we applauded there. When, um, after that happens, Black Widow, uh, uh, Black Panther, and Captain America, they go and argue with the, the two Thanos lackeys. We applauded there. Um, um, what other parts do I think off the top of my head? Um, uh, what was that? Was there any notable response to um, Giant? Oh, the Dwarf Actor. What's his name? The guy who forges the the new thing for Thor. Um. Yes. Um. Oh my God. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. That that got a gasp, and they, then they started laughing. Okay. Okay. They gasped, and they started and they started dying laughing because you're doing to a bunch of sixteen year olds having a, a little person actor play a giant. Ah! Yeah, first it yeah. was <gasps> then. Ah! Yep. It's not just one person or two. It's the crowd. Like it's a swear to God, if there ever was an example of mind control, there it was. Um, yeah, they, they, they overreacted to that. Um, okay, I'm trying to think what else did they overreact to um, specifically? Because again, they overreacted to everything at that point. I don't know if they when when uh, Thanos kidnaps Gamora. I don't mm-hmm. know if I don't, I don't know if they responded there. I think there might have been a couple gas, but I don't think it was okay. any major. What about when uh, Red Skull shows up? Not Hugo oh, Weaving. Yeah. Red Skull shows up. Yeah, I know, right? I, I found that funny. Um, there was a couple gasps there, and then because what? Look okay, at the the two that were next to me, the uh, guy and girl. There was a bunch of gasps, and then there was a lot of whispering in, in ears. You, you could overhear it in a couple. It wasn't loud, but you could. He- well, 
I guess it's not loud compared to what they were doing most of the time. Yeah. But yeah. if you were listening, because at this point I gave up on the movie. I'm like, you know what? I I, I can't follow this. Mm-hmm. So I was I was more interested in gauge, just watching the re- the action of the uh, the audience, and there was a lot of gasping, a couple of pockets of gasps, and then there was a lot of oh my god, that's that's Red Skull from the first Captain America. Oh, I, I can't. I, I can't wait to order some fucking chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much. There was a lot of explaining. Um, they a lot of when he pushes Gamora off, there was a lot of gasping there. Okay. Like, oh, again, there was that. Um, sure. Um, what happened there? Um, I'm try. Oh, the the entire sequence. I didn't even know about. Like, like, there is one line of dialogue I absolutely love in the film. Okay. And I didn't even know it was there until the second time I saw it in theaters. <laughs> um, the scene where um, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Spider-Man crash the ship into the planet, and the Guardians show up. Whoever, again, it's Star-Lord, the Mantis, and Drax. Yeah. And they show up, and they kind of like a Mexican standoff. And I could not hear a single word of dialogue in that entire sequence. Okay. And I know that for a fact, because when I saw the movie a second time, Doctor Strange says, there's, there's a lot of bickering before this line. We'll play the clip here. All right, I, let me ask you this one time. What master do you serve? What master do I serve? What am I supposed to say, Jesus? And, and I, thought, I thought that was a genuinely hilarious line. Oh, I, yeah, I, I do have to agree. Yeah, that, that definitely got a laugh out of me. <laughs> that's a funny line. And I, I remember watching it during the same thing. Where was that line the first time? And then it dawned on me. For that entire sequence, I don't know whether it was the laughter or just the, the guffawing, mm-hmm. but that I could not hear a single word of dialogue throughout that. And that sequence is a lengthy sequence. That is a from the yeah, moment yeah. where the Star-Lord and the other two barge in and you have that fight sequence until Spider-Man takes his, his helmet off and says, we're the Avengers, man. And then they start laughing again because he turns around and goes like, you know Thor? And it's like, yeah, we know Thor. And and like couldn't hear a line of dialogue. Just the okay. guff- again, it's a combination. Like when I say guffaw, poke, uh, guffaw folks, I mean a combination of gasping, um, laughing, and overreacting. Mm-hmm. Guffawing. That's what they're doing. And that pretty much happened because even after that sequence, I forget what happens next. It, the movie starts to blur together for me at this point. <laughs> There's another sequence where um, uh, uh, Star Lord and Iron Man are planning their attack when Thanos shows up. And Star Lord and, and Iron Man are bickering. And at that point, you could barely hear any of the dialogue. Because at mm-hmm. one point, like it's like, um, I, I think Drax says, "Did you tell him about the dance off to save the galaxy?" And Peter Park says, "Like Footloose," and then he goes, "Just like Footloose." Is it still the greatest film ever? And it's like it never was. And it's like it, it, again, we're guffawing at this. We're guffawing. We're guffawing. You can't hear a word of dialogue. Yeah. I think at this point you have the you have the big you have Thor's building the new the new weapon. Mm-hmm. Captain America and Black Panther are fighting the mindless drones. Which is oddly very reminiscent of the Phantom Menace. I find that shocking. They're fighting underneath a dome, and you have oh. like it, it's shocking how reminiscent that is of the Phantom Menace, and nobody brings that up. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, shocking how no. Again, we still attack the Phantom Menace to this day, though. But the, the Infinity War is the greatest film ever made. <laughs> and then you have the fight with again with with uh, Spider Man, the uh, uh, Guardians, and Iron Man, Doctor Strange. And, um, and again, uh, during those, there's no dialogue during those fights. Like we talked, I think we talked about it in the Knights of Vader episode about Return of the Jedi. Um, you don't have to translate action sequences. So they keep the dialogue yeah. very minimal during those, those parts. Mm-hmm. During those parts, though, it's, you hear a lot of guffawing. It's a lot of the, oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, like there's a, it's guffawing. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
basically that's pretty much happens like the only scene there's only one scene in the entire infinity war movie i say is appropriate for guffawing and i knew it was coming okay because you have the sequence thor has to like what keep the aperture open to like let the uh the star melt the, the, uh, the iron ore to build a new weapon yeah and he's like he's like dying because he's been exposed to the star and it's like get him i think peter dinkle just like get him the hammer <laughs> and, he get, and, and like and Thor's like passed out. He like does his force pull for the weapon, and then we cut back to the the Wakanda battle, and like the battle's lost. Like all the creature, like, like, like God, the Hulkbuster armor is like on the ground. They're like all like mm-hmm. digging into it, and then you know it's coming because you can hear the music. And, and yes. Thor Thor appears out of nowhere, uh, rockets on his shoulder, and Groot's there with like some sort of like blaster rifle. And Thor's there, and like, and, like, and obviously that the the giant thing comes out, and you have all the sparks and lightning. Is it like electrocutes the entire like, oh god, what would you call it? The the front line of these creatures, mm-hmm. and the music swelling, and and you have Bruce Banner and possibly one of the worst effect shots of all time, where you can very clearly tell they digitally uh, painted his head into oh, the yeah. frame, and it's like ah, you guys are screwed now. And Thor obviously like jumps up, he he starts to glow blue, and he wipes out like the second line of all this. And I'm like oh, and they did. They, they, they guffawed like there was no end for that but mm-hmm. at least that's that's the appropriate time to guffaw yeah because it was, it was the, the it was the moment in the movie where you know it, it was kind of designed for that so yeah, yeah it's designed it's like it's like because all again it's the same thing all hope is lost our heroes are going to lose and they and they catch their they have their second win the cavalry has arrived mm-hmm. and it's like okay fine I have no if you want to guffaw at that moment it's a cool moment whatever. I forget what happens now. Fast forward. You have a couple of moments. Like again, when um uh uh oh god, they they bring it's what's funny to think about this when it comes to Wakanda. They have the shield that's in, the impenetrable digital shield, and yet all it takes to get into Wakanda is just digging a hole underneath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you're telling me this place has such an impenetrable shield. They don't have a shield that goes subterranean. It's 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 like what? But all it takes apparently is a couple of razor blades going under the ground. <laughs> and at this point, Wanda goes into the battle and she she does something to stop everything. And like she has another moment and we go, Woo! We guffawed. Okay. And, uh, and then at one point, uh, I think I think it's Okoye, uh, the uh, Black Panther's second in charge goes, Why wasn't she down with down with us this entire time? Ah! Okay, uh, again, it's, it's <laughs> funny, but it's not not lose your mind over. Yeah, Thanos stabs Tony Stark with his own blade, mm-hmm. and obviously they all. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you you would honestly God swear to God, some everybody's mother's got shot. <laughs> the amount of collective <laughs> gasps. But fine, the movie. I, I have no problem. The movie wants that. Whatever. You have that. Doctor Strange gives over the time stone, whatever. They, they were rather fine with that. Thanos shows up on the Wakanda. He does the weird march. Like it, It's so freaking comical. Um, the, all, somehow all of our heroes are now right there. And they all take, instead of ganging, ganging up on him, they all take their one shot at him. And he, does, <laughs> yeah. and he, and he brushes them all aside one by one. Until eventually he gets to he gets to uh, uh, Wanda, who's pushing him back. I think it's funny. Um, all the other heroes can't keep Thanos at bay with with five out of six Infinity Stones. It, all it takes is Wanda pushing him back slightly, and that somehow inhibits him. Mm-hmm. But whatever. We're not going to talk about how none of this makes sense. She destroys the Mind Stone, 
and kills Vision in the process. And the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, he has the time stone. He's just gonna rewind time and bring it back. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, there's there's no tension here. You have you've explained the time stone, and he has it. That's why he's going. There's no tension. Mm-hmm. And then that happens. The the uh, the idiot audience goes nuts again. He he rips it out of Vision's head. We all gasp. And then um. We had at that moment. We he he like starts to like what he glow like he has like the electricity veins surge throughout him, and yeah. Thor shows up and throws it at his chest, and we have yeah, <laughs> and it's like okay, you you know this isn't gonna work, folks. Yeah, you know this isn't gonna work. They're getting, they're making a second one of these, um, and it's like and it's like obviously he has the thing. You should have it. Which I think I think in all honesty, like I crap on this movie. I think mm-hmm. Josh Brolin does does a great performance. Okay. I think, sure. like, in all honesty, for a giant purple spaceman that's wearing a wife beater, wearing a <laughs> a, a, a dish glove, yeah. you know what? He sells it. God, God, give credit where credit is due. Especially that it, it's a it's a digital performance. Mm-hmm. Credit where credit is due. Good Certainly. performance for what it is. And um, you should have aimed for the head. And he snaps, and then everybody all wants. <gasps> I'm like, what do you think was going to happen, folks? Yeah, I mean, again, I, 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 again, but this is less guffawing and more negative overreaction. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, like everybody, everybody caught the vapors all at once. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And then at that point, you have I, I forget what happens at that moment, but like something happens. He comes back and Thor's like, "What did you do? What did you do?" And then it's all of them start to dissolve. They all at one they started crying. Like I'm not not everybody, but you could hear people crying in the theater. As they God. all started, as they all started to dissolve, um, like you could, re- the the crying was at its most, oh God, um, prolific. I guess was with Spider Man. Spider Man was the one. I, I don't want to go. I don't feel too good in this dark. I don't want to go. I'm like, folks, they're not gonna let Spider Man die. Are you that stupid? Exactly. Are you real? Spider Man's never going to die. As long as somebody can sell a Spider Man t shirt, he'll never die. Yep. I'm like, folks, don't be that stupid. Please don't. This movie's not that compelling. This isn't Titanic. This isn't Jack and Rose on the door. Like, you've not watched 1,500 people go into the into the icy Atlantic. There's nothing compelling about any of this. This is like, 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 oh, I'll honestly playing action figures on the playground, and somebody dunks it, and dunks it into the little puddle of water. Nothing bad's gonna happen from this. And I think like the last shot of it's like we lost. Then cut cut the black, mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember what they did at that point. I think there was a lot of, like, imagine the ending of Inception. It was like that. Goes what? Or, oh, yeah. That, it, it was that responsive an ending. That ah, oh, um, from everybody again. We mm-hmm. have the we have the first um the first credit scene is again with uh, uh the, the uh, Samuel Jackson with the pager. Yeah. And as he takes the pager out and he sees he's dissolving, mother, and then ah. Like, and they, they thought that was great. Okay. And then, and then we see obviously the pager, and, and I guess a nice portion of them knew about Captain Marvel because we cheered. Some of the little Captain Marvel colors on the pager. Okay. And there's no there's no second post credit scene. I no, there's no. No, I don't think so. And then um and then because the last because at the end of all these movies it always says, uh, titular character will return. Mm-hmm. And in this one it was Thanos will return, and once again you got the. Oh! <laughs> and then, and then, and then at that point, the crowd just started talking. It's like, well, okay, yeah. Then everybody's basically you went back to having the con, the pre-show at the concert where you have eight hundred conversations, yeah. and everybody's screaming over themselves to hear each other talk. 
Yeah. And keep in mind at this point that we've all been sitting in the same theater now for four hours and there's no air conditioning at this point. Mm. So you have, you have 350 bodies in a 400. Oh God. In a, I'm sorry. 350 yeah. bodies in a close confined area for four hours. So you can just feel the heat and humidity in the air. Mm-hmm. And it's just, Oh my Lord, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting sweaty. Just thinking about it. <laughs> So um, yeah, that's that's the Zachary Infinity War story. Yeah, I and from the moment you told me that happened, um, and and uh, ever since I've heard the many renditions of it, that still blows me away. You know, that's something I, I never would expect. Not that I never would expect it at all. You know, like we talked about the Beatles and they couldn't play their music loud enough, and and that happens at concerts all the time that I go to where you know there's just the crowd is so loud, and maybe it's you know not just the crowd but where I am in the in the audience that, you know, it's, like, ridiculous. It's like, come on, aren't we here to actually hear something? Um, but, uh, you know, it blows me away so much. I, I never would imagine that t- t- could happen for a movie. I never thought, you know, but but really, I don't think it's it partially the movie, yes, but I think it's it's a case of some, some extreme mob mentality. And I think Zach put it best in that story when he said that there were different parts of the audience trying to outdo each other with their their cheering. And that, that is just such a human nature thing to do. Like, I'm imagining, like, the first cheering that happened with the Marvel logo, that was, like, the audience collectively telling each other, everybody else you know, in there, that it's okay to make noise. And once that's once that gate is broken down, it was all bets are off. And that got to experience this unabated just rush of response, overreaction and response. And that is, that is so crazy to me uh that yes and i think we'll, we'll explain more uh, after we finish discussing infinity war is is what we actually chose to do about that with this this type of experience there's no exaggeration there like i mean like if i would have known i would have went out and bought a tape recorder like if i knew i was like the proof is again i and we'll get into that next week but yeah like it is i've never seen like i've like again as rob's heard this story now how many freaking times <laughs> I've told this story to people. It, it basically almost has ruined me for like outside of Star Wars, it has essentially ruined going to opening night movies for me. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's no point because you're just you're gonna get mindless idiots that are again, they're not seeing the movie because they want to. They're just going. Like, I don't even know what to call it. I think Rob kind of narrowed it down better than I have so far, but it's just the whole idea of you're going to see this thing just to react to it. It's like, it was like being in the, a real world manifestation of a comment section or Twitter or Facebook. These people were not concerned about seeing a movie. They were there to show that they could react to everything. Mm -hmm, And that's just, it's just, again, it felt like being in the replies of a Twitter or a tweet. It just, it felt like that. And I, it's just, and I, again, I, even like I, I know I told Rob with Cap, I, I saw a Captain Marvel opening night, not because I wanted to, just because I wanted to. Because as I've been building this up so long, I wanted to make sure, like, oh, maybe this, maybe that, that really was just a fluke. Maybe this is just really, maybe there's something, maybe there was something pumping into the air. Maybe they were taking a vibe at the Cinematis restaurant and they were instead of pumping cancer gas, they were pumping laughing gas into the theater. And yeah. it, it happened with Captain, like, it didn't happen throughout the entire movie with Captain Marvel. But as Rob knows, 
the post the the post credit scene for Captain Marvel involves her showing. It's a scene lifted. I guess spoiler alert lifted from Endgame, and the audience reacted exactly like they did, and they ruined it. They ruined what she says in that moment because they were too busy guffawing over a character they've been watching for the last two hours. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's crazy. And at that exact moment, I'm like, you know what? I have a very again, I, I in a weird way. Uh, the whole reason why Rob, well, one of the many reasons why Rob's coming to New York again is to see if we can replicate this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not sure if I want it to happen again because it's <laughs> the old. It's Rob is a researcher. What's the saying? Once is an isolated incident, twice is a coincidence, and then third time is a pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's my concern. It happened with Infinity War. It happened for where it counted. It happened with with Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and now is the third time. And now is where it's going to be the test. Will it like this is the, the pattern? Like is are we is there going to be a definitive pattern now? Where <laughs> I, again, but uh, yeah, Infinity War. I I, I rewatched. I, I saw it a second time in theaters. I enjoyed it much more the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it on Blu-ray. I've watched it a couple times. That movie has problems. It does. Like I think you, it doesn't need to be two and a half hours. There's a lot of stuff you can condense in that movie that doesn't need to be so drawn out. And when it comes to Marvel movies, it's I'd say it's below. It's subpar. I know okay. that's kind of heresy to say with that movie, mm-hmm. but it, it, the novelty of seeing all these characters together isn't there anymore. And considering they practically have no um, interaction with each other other than just spouting expository dialogue. Yeah, yeah. There's no camaraderie. It's like these are oh these are characters we've been with now for seven plus years. Yet they interact solely because the script tells them to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. So uh, yeah, yeah. So I think I think you summed up a lot of what I had to say about Infinity War. And I guess to be fair, Zach, I have no, I have no real desire, or also you know notes on any real specific things from this. I agree with you on like the lines you mentioned and stuff like that. There's things I like. There's more things I don't like. Um, you know, it being kind of an incomplete film. Uh, that's one of my my biggest issues with it. You know, leading into this Endgame thing. Um, but no, you know, the points you made about, you know, the, the, the quips, like we've been here before, you know, we don't have that camaraderie that I think you're absolutely right. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I don't have, I don't have too much to say about infinity war. Um, other than, you know, now that I, I rewatched it for this recording, um, uh, now I, I think it's safe to say I won't ever watch it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those movies. Like I said, I, at the same time though, I have to give the film a caveat because clearly it's a cliffhanger. Oh yeah, sure, sure. So, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe the rumors on this film are that it's really on Endgame, or that they're doing stuff they've never done before with the character. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird stuff, but I got the feeling that well, how much weird stuff can you do without disenfranchising your audience? Yeah, yeah. And, and we all know that when it comes to like, they did it with Guardians of the Galaxy, they did it with Thor, they they did it with um, oh god, Doctor Strange to a lesser extent. But anytime they start to venture out into uh, uncharted territory, they always lean back on the lowest common denominator humor. Yeah. And that's my concern. So, like, if this is good, so the one thing I gotta give this movie credit for, you have half the characters. You're not, you, you, no more, again, Spider Man's gone, all that, not as mm-hmm. much. The Guardians of the Galaxy are the worst when it comes to the NBC sitcom type humor. And, you, you, a lot of them are gone So it's okay There's going to be a little bit more breathing room For the characters that are here Yes But based off that uh, the, the scene from the end of Captain Marvel If it's anything like that Where it's just them sitting in a room together Just being like What are we going to do next mm-hmm. What are we going to do next That's, that's going to be just as bad as, as this It's like Yes at least it's not just computer objects Flickering on the screen 
but it's like it, it's it's a, it's just as bad from a different direction. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So I I don't know. Like I said, I, I hope I, again the, the candy cane colored costumes. The, the, it looks insanely stupid. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I'll take insanely stupid, at le- as long as it's interesting. Yes, that's the only thing I would want is some intriguing ideas that I'm able to hear. I guess. <laughs> well, that well, in all honesty, we might be better off asking for one of those captioning devices they use for the harder. Oh yeah. So we yeah. can actually like, like see the uh, the words and on the screen. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, though, uh, Infinity War, it's a. Uh, again, I, I I'll reserve my final judgment to when we have a second part of the film. Yes. But at the same time, I really – we all – I guess I'd even say too, like based on the rumors I've heard about this film, and who knows if they're true or not, but apparently it's supposed to be one scene in this where you're going to have every single character in the room together. Oh my. That's and a I'm lot. Not, That's a big I'm room. Not, well, that too. I'm not even talking about like – like a Black Panther and Iron Man meeting, or like uh, what's his name, Star Lord meeting Captain America. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like you're gonna have Tilda Swinton's The Ancient One. You're going to have um, the kid, the kid from Iron Man Three. He's gonna be. Like, I'm not oh, joking. God. I mean, like you're gonna have every. Like, when they mean everybody, you're gonna have everybody in one scene together. That sounds brutal. And that's and there's also rumors too that like um oh god uh, what's that Netflix show Thirteen Reasons Why or oh yeah Thirteen Reasons Why yeah the main girl in that apparently has a like a super secretive role in this mm. that's supposed to be like the the linchpin of this entire series going of of this entire film going forward oh god that sounds ridiculous <laughs> and that's and that's why I mean though so like you're gonna you're gonna have uh. Uh, Kate from Lost. You're going to have Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. You have Michael Douglas. Apparently, they're going to have everybody who's been even like a, like a, a tertiary character in these films. It's going to be all in one scene. Apparently, you're going to have this huge uh, climax that involves all of them together. We might need earplugs for this sec. <laughs> We might need a. We might just. Oh my! Like in that cyanide pill. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Bite down. <laughs> Zach and I look at each other in the middle of the movie, or maybe not in the middle, maybe ten minutes in, and we both just nod to each other. We both bite <laughs> down. We start foaming at the mouth, and nobody notices for three hours. <laughs> oh god, this film's gonna be three hours. Oh my god, and that's with pre. And that's not even including the previews. Oh yeah. Oh my god, there's gonna be can so I, many. Kind of, kind of a prediction about Endgame right now. Yeah, I have a, I have a prediction as well. So let's throw them out. Let's start throwing them out there. <laughs> Based off the um, the, t- the poster, they they mm-hmm. released the the final the the trailer. I'm sorry, the, from the trailer came out, they released a poster. Yeah, and uh, uh, very prominently in the middle of the poster is, is uh, Captain America. Woo! Woo-hoo! And 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 this is how if you if you anybody knows their their Captain America history, one of the things he said now two times very prominently in these films, he says it in the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. He's getting before he before he becomes uh, Captain America. He says he's getting beat up by the bully, and the bully's like, "You just don't know. You don't know to quit, do you?" And he goes, "I can do this all day." Then oh, that became, yeah. Then that became a thing in Civil War, where um, Iron Man, when he's beating him up at the end of Civil War, says, "Last warning, stand down." And he goes, "I can do this all day." Mm-hmm. Okay. If and I think Rod's brought up before. If you know your rules of cinema, the rule of threes. They're gonna bring it again. They're gonna bring it up again in this. There's gonna be one line of dialogue where he says, "I can do this all day," and the rumor is, I have no idea if it's true. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's just assume that it does. Captain America dies, 
or I don't think they're going to die. I think they're, what they're going to do is they're going to do alternate realities mm-hmm. in different dimensions. I think he's going to be teleported or brought to. Uh, it's going to be the end of the film, the very end of the film. And the resolution of Captain America's story arc is again, if you remember throughout all the films, it was his missed date with um, his oh. dancing date with with Peggy Carter, Haley Atwell, yeah. and it's going to be he shows up. At, it's going to be that that night, that Saturday night, where at the dancing hall or wherever, and she's going to be looking around, thinking that I that obviously she's going to be looking around depressed because she knows he's he's gone at the end of First Avenger, mm-hmm. and he's going to show up. And he's going to walk over to her as the music swells and it's going to be um, uh, him. He's going to start dancing with her and it's going to be something. And it's like, she's like, well, I think we should, he, I think I've had enough right now. Or it's gonna, he's going to say something like that. I could do this all day. And yeah, that's, okay. and that's going to be the swan song for him that he finally gets reunited with her. He fought he, this his entire life has been built around the fact that he missed this with her. And finally at the end of this, Eight year saga with him He finally has peace Okay, okay. And th- I th- that's how they're gonna end I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. after the judge Bombed at the box office <laughs> I think Robert Downey Jr. is not gonna let go of that character Over mm-hmm. again, over his dead body mm-hmm. I don't think you're ever gonna get rid of Tony Stark That char- until, some, until Robert Downey Jr. can't act anymore you're, That character's never going away Okay. Um, well, I think I, th- I don't think Chris Hemsworth's Thor is going to go away. They, they might they might fade into a more uh, uh, secondary role. They're not yeah, going to be the yeah. again. Uh, clearly, Captain Marvel's being positioned as the new Robert Downey Jr. and all this. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, I think the ending of this, considering that by the time this film comes out, I, I keep hearing room uh, the rumblings that the Fox Disney deal is done. Ooh. Or or like all basically the paperwork is all done. All they gotta do is yeah. basically sign on the dotted line and cross their T's and dot their I's. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this that because remember the whole point of this film is that it's supposed to be alternate dimensions and dimension hopping. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this. We're, we're at Stark Tower or Avengers Tower or wherever, and all of a sudden a portal opens up. And um, a little little robot comes out saying, "Hi, I'm Herbie. I have a message from Reed Richards." And it's mm-hmm. cut to black, and that's that's the post credit scene. Like a hi, I'm Her-. however Herbie talked in the comics. I don't know. Sure. Um, and and that and you cut to black, or or what they're going to do. I don't know if they'll do that. That's a little too spot on for them. Well, I could see them doing. They do alternate dimension hopping, whatever. Because the whole point is it's supposed to reset the rules. Because what happens in Spider Man. Far from home, shields back. Shields back in the same capacity it was during the first phase movie. Okay, they're brought back. That's part of because a lot of it's them undoing all the wrongs of their past. They're going to undo everything that went wrong. Mm-hmm. Like Thor's going to stop Asgard from blowing up. Oh um, yeah, okay. a lot, a lot, a lot of things are because in order to stop Thanos from getting the the Fanny Stones, they have to go dimension hopping. Mm-hmm. So sure. I wouldn't be surprised again because now that they have access to all those Fox characters, I yeah. went, much like everybody forgets. At the, I know there's a lot of people here saying no, they don't have access to Fox stuff just yet. It's Disney; they can do whatever the hell they want. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Think about it. the only the only limitations they have are their own imaginations. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And so, what if everybody remembers that the first Avengers movie, Thanos shows that you have the little guys, you got the core, you got the humans, they're oh, much yeah. more formidable than we ever thought. And it's like, and then, like, you see this mask, you see this like character who's shrouded stand up to court them would be to court death. 
and we see we get like the side profile of Thanos, and that was played by that wasn't Josh Brolin, that was some actor before they had they, they didn't they didn't know who they had playing him yet. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised considering that we are going to, even though this is supposed to be the end of fa- of of they're calling this the end of the Infinity Saga. That's okay. Phase One, Two, Three, the end of the Infinity Saga. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if another post credit scene is they stand somebody something like that very similarly happens and we see something I, I i'm not i'm not a uh, huge on this character knowing what they do but it's dr doom we see a green we see a character it, with a green hood yeah in a, in, a, in a cloak stand up saying now's my time or yep. something something that dr doom would say it's time for wherever, wherever again i'm not a huge doom fan so i don't know but considering that dr doom is a character everybody and their brother like when, like everybody forgets the first avengers nobody knew who thanos was yeah everybody, exactly. had to go, everybody had to google who's the guy at the end of avengers but if you everybody now knows their avengers stuff don't be surprised mm-hmm. if that's who they that, that's the next big because they got to now launch the new bad guy for the next decade. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think Doctor Doom makes sense in terms of the Marvel universe, comic book universe at least. Yes. Like I said, I, I think they could also because they also they introduced that the it was in a post credit scene for the end of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy too. They showed Adam Warlock's cocoon. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's so he's I, I I don't know how you make the Infinity Glove storyline without Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't get that. But I guess it's no worse than doing Ultron without Ant Ant Man. Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, they, they do whatever they want. They don't care. But uh, yeah, I I th- you're I think for certain you're either gonna get something Fantastic Four related. Okay. Okay. And it's good. And it's good because I was thinking I was even thinking about X Men. They can't do X Men just yet because people are still too familiar with that storyline. Mm-hmm. And considering that Doctor Doom hasn't been done right once, outside maybe the '94 film. <laughs> yeah, um, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> that's why I think of like they could also go really abstract and do something like what? Uh, oh God, Krang the Conqueror. They might, yeah. they might, they might go really far out like that. I was, people... yeah, I was thinking like Mephisto or something. He's like the, the equivalent of the devil in the Marvel universe. I know because he do... has a lot to do with Silver Surfer in the comics. They, you know, honestly, so well, people. The thing about those, they they want to do. I, I don't know. That's the weird thing with Marvel, though. They're gonna want to do something that's that's new. Yes. Yet, pe- yet some people will know because what they do, they count on the people like you and I in the audience to then go explain to the normies. Mm-hmm. They count on that. They know they knew at the end of the first Avengers, nobody knew who Thanos was. They count on the nerds to sit there to tell everybody. Yeah, and go ho ho ho! Look what we know. That's that because again, like when you have the two sixteen-year-olds sitting there complaining about their chicken effing McNuggets, <laughs> um, they don't know. They're not going to know who Krang the Conqueror is. They're not, yeah. not going to know who that is. They might know. Think, they might know Silver Surfer, and that's a little too. That's too on the nose. Okay. And the same. The same. But that's what I mean by Herbie. Most people don't rec- would not recognize Herbie. Yeah, and that's why I could very easily imagine Herbie shows up out of a time portal or, or, or a quantum realm, whatever they're going to call. It and he shows up out of nowhere and goes, Oh, I'm not in the Baxter building. Smash cut the black. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's or, or this isn't the Baxter building. It's like that they're gonna do something like that. It's gonna be something recognizable to, to some of us, but not all of us. Yeah, and I think that makes perfect sense because you know, if if uh if the movie certainly you know plays out as, as we're been saying with the alternate realities and dimension hopping, I could totally see something where it's like you know, the Avengers do their thing, hopping through dimensions, and then at the end of the movie, 
you know, like a portal opens up to them and it's the Fantastic Four or Herbie from the Fantastic Four because that's that's what the Fantastic Four does. They monitored the other dimensions and stuff like that. So they, that would be like, oh, this this universe finally did something to get their attention so they can reach out and establish contact. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. And that's and the thing about it too is that they obviously haven't started casting those things yet. Mm-hmm. So by having Herbie... Herbie allows them to have yeah. their cake in it too. Because like, if you cast Reed Rick, they're not going to rush cast Reed Richards. They're not going like he's going to be like, <laughs> they, after fumbling him so many times now. I was just not, about to say they're not going to call Miles Teller up. <laughs> well, we, we can only hope him and Kate Mara appear through the portal. But I think that's what they would do. They'd pick a character and they'd hire someone like I don't know Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or Alan a, coming yeah. to be Herbie And guess what, that's safe That's safe, he's on the payroll No one would ever find the Because think about it, Alan Tudyk does the Oh god, he does Frozen, he mm-hmm. does Wreck-It Ralph He does Star Wars So asking him to do Herbie No one will be alerted to that Because he's already in this people, There are people out there that monitor Who walks in the door at Disney Sure. Like there are people that have their feelers So having Alan Tudyk in there Especially with all the other stuff he does uh, Having him in a recording booth for an afternoon Recording one line of dialogue Will not blip on anybody's radar Yeah, yeah, gotcha And and, yeah, and that allows you to save re- Casting the Fantastic Four For yeah. a later period The yeah. same goes for Doctor Doom You don't. You could have a very similar thing where Doctor Doom has an underling He stands up with his green cloak and that's and that's it. You don't need to cast an actor. He's obs- he's obscured. So you can you can they could hire anybody they want. They're not tied. Yeah, to that. yeah. Or they could just show the um, metal face mask that he wears. That would well, that that I think that would be uh, you know iconic. That too, but then they'd have to lock in. If you look at again, if you look at Thanos from Avengers, mm-hmm. then look at what he looks like in Guardians One and in Infinity War. He looks different. It's a different design. Sure. Considering that the first Avengers was launched with Thanos. A mm-hmm. villain for the next ten year, or not, technically at that point, only seven years. I think it'd probably be more of a villain because just throwing Herbie out there is like, oh, isn't that okay. cute? But yeah. but it does, it's not. It, it's the whole idea. You need an imminent threat. Yep. Yep. Get that big bad looming so people can you know they're excited for the uh, the next Spider Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and, that, and that's what it comes down to. It's like, oh, okay, because I know they're also apparently doing stuff with the Eternals. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Jeez, yeah, it, it, it's it's so open right now. We, I mean, you know, with what they're gonna do, and and it'll be interesting to see. But you know, only momentarily. You know, <laughs> like we said at the start of this, I think you know it's a, just gonna be consumed, and and we're gonna move on to the next one. Yeah, like that's that's kind of what it is. Like I said, I, I think there's a couple of things they're gonna do. I think for the most, and I guess we should say it kind of goes without saying, everybody's coming back. Oh Nobody's yeah. Dead. I would imagine that there's if yeah yeah I I can't see them you know just you know not utilizing some or anybody you know they're gonna use them all maybe not all come back to a full capacity but maybe you know some of them come back um, for for some you know quick uh, not a cameo but you know what I mean like they go to a different dimension and they see an, an older character or something. And uh, they're like, oh man, you know, he's dead in our timeline or whatever. So well, maybe they, they might not all be, you know, utilized fully, but I think they'll definitely have appearances. Oh, what I mean though is that like all the characters that were killed off in Infinity War all coming. Like everybody that's dusted, everybody that's killed, everybody, anybody who died in Infinity War comes back. And I mean, like, like you said, they might not make it. It's, I don't think we're going to get Loki because they're making a Loki TV series. Okay. They're making a Scarlet Witch uh, for the streaming service, a Scarlet Witch TV series. There's apparently mm-hmm. a Falcon in uh, 
Winter Soldier TV series in in, in, in production. Okay. So I and they were all at the yep. end of the film. And I think everybody, I think everybody's coming back. Not like you said. I don't think there's going to be a uh, Vision spinoff film. Sure. But I, but I think everybody's coming back. Like I think anybody who got uh, axed in this getting getting unsnapped. I I agree. I agree. And and you, I think you. Uh helped me formulate my idea better. They're going to come back in this movie, but they will not be important in this movie. They're coming back so they can have their TV series and be used later on. Yeah, and, and like, that, like I said, there's apparently one sequence in this where everybody fights Thanos all at once. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Even a little kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah, especially. <laughs> and Tilda Swain. And yeah, everybody and their brother. Okay. Well, everybody speaking can... of that, I think I think when we get everybody and their brother in there, that leads leads me to my prediction. I only have one, and it's shorter than Zach's. I think I've actually said it on Cinemodities before. But, you know, with, with Endgame having, you know, d- different realities, dimension hopping, time travel, whatever, they're going to dis- explain it as, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I really want them to go either back in time to a different dimension, and we get to see Terrence Howard playing Colonel Rhodes. <laughs> I really want to see that. Like, I, I, and I, I, don't want, I don't want anybody in the film, like Captain America or, like, you know, Iron Man or whatever, to notice any difference. Like, I just want them to think it's, it's you know, Don Cheadle. Or, it, no, it's Colonel Rhodes in the universe. But I want, yeah. and then the audience just is confused. I think that'd be great. So that's my prediction, that we're going to get the Terrence Howard cameo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be, oh, wouldn't that be so much fun explaining like, the normies think, what? That's that not hilarious. Don Cheadle. <laughs> That's the guy from Empire. He's not supposed to be here. So that's my prediction. I think we'll see okay. Terrence, Terrence Howard pop up for sure. Oh my god, that'd be fun. That'd be so much fun. If only they had a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, that. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, are we gonna wrap up this with our yeah. usual questions? Okay. Well, I'll I'll get us started. Um, I think it's no surprise that to me, this is neither a cinemodity nor a late night movie. I might have spoiled that when I said before, I'm never, never going to watch it again, but certainly not late night. And I think I'm going to defer to what Zach has said before for his answer to cinemodity. If, if you take away the um, insane amount of money it made and all the people that like it, like if this was still like some crazy weird niche thing for comic book movies and they pulled something like this off, I'd probably be on the band. Well, the smaller bandway. <laughs> yeah. But absolutely, as it stands, no. This is, you know, just another... another. Uh, honestly, with our analogy of bread before, honestly, now I just feel like this was bread. Sure, a lot of people ate that bread, and it might have been like ciabatta bread and really good, <laughs> but we're still just waiting. You know, you know what reminds me of? Uh, I think we uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The Daily Planet, which Rob... Rob yeah, Wallace, maybe yeah. love. Remember, he used to give you bread, but it had like, what, like, like tomato like paste on it? And had, like, oh that? yeah, yeah, uh, focaccia bread, I believe. Yeah, that's that's what this is. Yes, yes, that's better than ciabatta. It's, yeah, it's it's filler. It's tasty at times, but it's gonna make you fat at the end of the day. Yeah, focaccia was definitely what I was thinking of. Ciabatta bread is like a just a plain dusted roll. <laughs> yeah, this is certainly the focaccia where there's a there's a almost like a topping to it. There's a there's a savory flavor with it as well. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Like again, it's not the end of the world, but. Eating an entire basket of that is not a meal. <laughs> yeah. So, our, uh, what are you saying for cinematic and late night? Cinematic and late night. Well, okay. Uh, no, late night movie, you'll die. No, like, okay. this, this yeah. is the definition of like, no, no, please no. <laughs> no I want Rob write down the spreadsheet. Please no. Please no. 
Cinemati, very similarly to what I agree with Rob. Um, I remember my father said this. I remember I used to complain about like Six Flags. They have, they still do. It might not, I don't know. I think it's still there. Um, the one in Jersey has ride called like King Daka. And it's like the tallest, most fastest roller coaster and all this. It just goes straight up and it goes straight down. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, why would anybody go to this? Like, this is stupid. It's just, it's just up, down. Where's the imagination? Where's the creativity? And my father's response was, sometimes just doing something so ambitious, even if it's very simple, gets get you creative points. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what this is. Like, it's the same caveat that I've given. And like Rob kind of said, it's if this thing, like to have, have a movie like this. That stars 800 characters, mm-hmm. and the fact that like it's not a complete disaster, like like like, yeah. like again, it's kind of like the idea of again, it's like the bread. It's like oh, the bread's not bad. It's just not a meal. Mm-hmm. And like Rob said, if it, if if people reject it again, I think maybe in a weird way. I know I've said it before, like oh, if if, if this was less popular, it'd be a cinematic. I think the whole idea that something like this is popular makes it the cinemati. Because like if you talk to someone 15 uh. years, 15, 20 years ago and said, in 2018, you're going to get a comic book movie with a Captain America without a shield. He has overgrown hair and a beard. Iron Man is in space with Doctor Strange. Thor without They're, a hammer. Thor without a hammer. Short hair, an eye patch. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, and you sell that to somebody in two thousand like three. Yeah. After the Hulk, or I'm sorry, Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. And Spider Man, I think they're just looking at be like, that's that's never gonna work. I don't I don't care if you get top tier A actors, that's never going to work. And I think it, oddly enough, it works in the that's sense a, like that's it's a clicked. good point. Yeah, that's a good point that you know this is something that I think we've we've said it before. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is a fluke in some sense, but it. It, it's, ever kind of, it's kind of amazing that that it, it actually that it was able to be done. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying you know that the universe is worse off because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It might be you know marginally, but as a grand scheme of things, it's it's fairly it's no it's super trivial. But they did it, you know, and I respect that that it was accomplished. I guess I don't like it. I wish I liked it more, but but they did it. Yeah, like I think that's that's the thing with this with these movies. Like these movies are not. Bad, like they're not bad movies. Like it's not like Batman versus Superman, where it's like two and a half hours, and you have nine eleven imagery, and you have like weird doomsday monster, like and you have oh, what's his name, uh, uh, Jesse Eisenberg doing weird, oh, doing his weird like giggle God, cackle. Yeah, um, it's not like bad in that sort of sense. But like, I think the thing about Marvel is that like its influence is bad because like it's corrupt. Like, and it's not even their fault. It's kind of like the idea of like who's more foolish, the fool or the one who follows him. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to it's Hollywood's obsession with following this whatever's trendy. Exactly. Like Marvel in a vacuum isn't a bad thing. It's the fact that like it's ruining. It ruined DC. It ruined. It's trying. The ruining Star Wars by trying to copy, even with the Universal mm-hmm. Monster movies, we got the Tom Cruise mummy that was trying to base off this. Yeah, I think about yep. Sony torpedo the, uh, its own Spider-Man franchise because it had to try to copy the Marvel thing. Like mm-hmm. I, again, I don't blame Marvel. I, I, well, it's weird. Marvel's not bad. Well, I think. Well, the thing about now, I'm getting a little scared because again, they are everything now is a social issue. Again, like Brie Larson, I'm afraid is kind of like the canary in the coal mine. It's like, oh God, is this the trajectory we're going on? That all the like. And 
and think about it. Yeah. 2018, we get Black Panther. You, you better like this movie or else. Captain Marvel, you better like this movie or else. And then next summer, the May release is going to be the Black Widow movie, which I imagine is going to be a very, even though Scarlett Johansson's a much more likable actress on a on a interview press junket level than Brie. Or let me get. Okay, let me rephrase that. Scarlett Johansson is immensely l- less abrasive than Brie Larson is, mm-hmm. and and uh, confrontational. <laughs> and so like yeah like, like it's gonna be a different thing but i feel it's the same thing you better like our movie or else and the problem is that like was brie like when black panther happened marvel rode the wave of the narrative of this is the first black superhero movie even though that wasn't true mm-hmm. the problem with brie larson was brie they went out there and they let her do her shtick and nobody told her this. like when black yep. panther came out chadwick boseman wasn't saying you're a racist like i don't want white people seeing my movie no, yep. Nobody, nobody, part of that movie said anything, even a fraction of as abrasive as what Brie Larson was saying with Captain Marvel. And after how Brie Larson goes out there and says, "I don't want white men reviewing movies that don't star them," mm-hmm. and sixty-one percent of the audience is white male, it's like you know what? It's the thing that happened with James Gunn. They realizes we, they realize we can do nothing to st- like the train at this point is just oh god, uh, perpetually fueled. Yep. There's yep. nothing we can do to slow this down. Mm-hmm. It's only going to slow down because it runs out of uh, inertia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and that's what it is. It's like they realize what they have now, and it's like we can do whatever we want, for better or for worse. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think and it's really kind of sad. Like, oh, we're getting a, a dimension-hopping Avengers film, and then immediately following that, we're getting a Black Widow solo movie based off a character that's 10 years old. Exactly. But by release of that film. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, how do you go from one extreme to like like clearly Black Widow's not gonna be dimension hopping. It's like how do you go from like that sort of high to that sort of just not even I'm sorry, high's not the high's not fair. How do you go from one extreme to the other like that? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be jarring. It's gonna be it's yeah, it's like the Avengers Endgame trailer. All hope is lost in there our friends are dead. Mm-hmm. Then cut to candy cane colored uniforms. <laughs> it's like no, no, that doesn't work. It They're preparing the fact- us. <laughs> well, it's not preparing us. There's, there's, there's nothing even remotely like that in any of the previous movies. And it's like, like no, you, you don't get to have that sort of tonal whiplash. Like, look what Star Wars did. You go from Force Awakens to Rogue One, which are both nostalgia-heavy films, to mm-hmm. The Last Jedi, where the theme is, let the past die, kill it if you have to. You can't do that to an audience. You cannot have a such a, a sharp tonal shift. I, I agree. I agree. But I think, you know, Marvel and Disney are probably sitting in their offices going... We can we can get people to to be okay with this. I, it might just be like a giant, you know, uh, puppet experiment at this point. What could well, what can yeah. what can they make? Sh- what can they get us to shove down our throats? Well, like, like you, like I think there's no better way than to end this episode with uh, uh, once uh, swipe your credit card here to help the Avengers defeat Thanos. Do you think that should just be the snack at the restaurant for this movie? Like it's a, a place you can swipe your credit card and it charges you, but does absolutely nothing. Like it's a donation. It's like a tip thing, but. It's essentially freemium, like freemium gaming almost. It's like you're paying money for something that doesn't matter, the outcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you win, great. If you lose, you don't. If you don't, whatever. Yeah, because to be fair, I don't, I don't, I didn't really have many snacks for Infinity War. You know, I usually think about snacks after I'm done watching the movie, and when I finished rewatching uh, Infinity War, I was just like, oh, please, anything else. <laughs> 
I still think the snack, my snack is a cyanide capsule. Okay. I like that. I like that too. I like that. I like, um, I like the focaccia bread because <laughs> that stuff is good. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe, you know, we have a, uh, you know, swipe here to, to stop the villain or something like that. Like that's our, that's our, our kids play section that, you know, when they don't go into the sin e modities, you know, and they're, they just want to be like uh, in daycare or something. It's like, yeah, just, just take your parents purse and, and swipe all those cards. <laughs> and the faster you swipe, the more chances you'll give them in defeating families. Yes. Yes. Some kid is swiping up and down as fast as he can. The parents are like getting calls while they're eating, and they're like, "Are you are you making all these purchases at one restaurant?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, "Why? Well, yes, we're eating there right now. <laughs> Approve them all." <laughs> oh god, we got we got to help the Avengers defeat Thanos. Oh jeez. Yep. I I I guess I guess we have to. <laughs> God. Um, I mean, all right, we're, Rob. Still here. we're still here after the snap. So, do we really? Do we oh, want them God. to beat it? Because if they aren't, they going to like change our lives fundamentally just to save all these other people? Ugh. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> let's pick it. Yeah, let's pick it. The Avengers, <laughs> because they're they're trying to ruin the survivors' way of life. Sponsor boycott. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll boycott whoever their sponsors are. Perfect. <laughs> all right, Rob. What do we play? Where, where are we playing? Oh jeez! I think we sh- if we actually get the time to do it, I think we should play the a cheering audience over oh. the scene where Captain America first shows up in reverse. I do like that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm on board. Alrighty, folks. Tune in next week when we finally hear after us discussing this for the last three weeks. Technically, yeah, or who knows how long? <laughs> the, the too long we've been talking about this, where we finally lay out our Avengers Endgame experiment. Yeah. 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 Yeah.